episodes of season six bargaining part one and two and afterlife i'm sue and i'm in that'll put marzipan in your pie plate bingo So begins season six. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what to make of that. I guess we'll find out later. <laughs> I'm just very intrigued. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, should we start with some what we've been watching? The yeah, watch? let's, before we get into all that. Okay. I forgot to mention that in the intro, but whatever. Whatevs, yeah. Whatevs. They'll get it. I'll say it in the title. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to start? Yes, I'll start since... Might give you a chance to think of some things I watched. I've got a couple. Um, well, one thing I watched, Emily and I went to Wyoming to visit our Wyoming family a couple of weeks ago, and... We mostly went out to help my dad go through his garage. He was having a big yard sale. Um, but we did fit in, and twice, actually, I watched Baba Duke, <laughs> And I absolutely loved it. Baba Duke. Baba Duke. Duke, Duke. <laughs> <laughs> the time during that weekend where Matt would do that in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> Seven times a day. 
Yeah, so we watched it on the Saturday night, and it was me and Emily, our brother Matt, and our nephews, Kyle and Booker, and had a fantastic time watching it. We were all in, we were all freaked out, scared, we all had the same reactions, right when you're supposed to have those reactions. I mean, it was a great time watching it, don't you think? Oh yeah, that was fun. Everyone just had... Just such a great time watching this movie. That's a that is a great crowd to watch a scary movie with. Yes, we needed Scott, but Scott would have been a good addition. But so we all just loved it and couldn't stop talking about it the next day. And so the next day was Sunday, and so Sunday night, um, our brother-in-law Scott and then our niece Sarah and her husband were out there that weekend. And we decided to watch it again. <laughs> so this time, they had all heard us talking about it. Yes. So, but like Matt wasn't there. Matt and Kyle both weren't there, and both of them had said to everyone, "I don't need to watch that movie again, ever, ever." <laughs> it's like I said a few times ago. It's disturbing. It's like it's very disturbing. It's not as scary as it is like just really disturbing. It's horrific. Exactly, exactly. Right. It's not like all this scary stuff is happening. It, it is disturbing. So Sunday night, they all wanted to watch it, so I was like, I'm in. I want to watch it again. So this time it was me and Booker again. Emily came down. What about I mostly you? played Candy Crush because this was my third time in, yeah. like, what, five days? <laughs> yeah. But then it was our brother-in-law, Scott, and then our niece, Sarah, and her husband, Cody. And it was just a completely different experience. Um, Cody and Sarah hated it. Scott seemed kind of on the fence. He seemed to appreciate it more the next day when we talked about it. Yeah, I think he just picked up on the vibe in the room. (laughs) Yeah, and I think Cody and Sarah, like, created this vibe of not liking it, and so it kind of made everyone, I don't know, just one of those experiences where you love a movie and you you recommend it to someone and watch it with them and they hate it. (laughs) Yep, good times. So, yeah, that sucked. If Scott had been with us the first night, he would have loved it, you know? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, so, anyway, not for everyone. You know, <laughs> but for the majority of the people, I say watch Babadook. It's fantastic. Just yeah, watch it too. with someone who can appreciate a movie like that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> while we were out there, um, we went to the theater as well on Saturday night before we watched the Babadook, and we went and saw the new Poltergeist. You were there, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, you were there. And I don't know. I have to say, I kind of like the original better. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It was okay, but um, my opinion is that it it lacked a good... um... Cohesive story? Yeah. (laughs) I felt like since it was a remake, they felt like they didn't have to create the world... That Psycho, I'm sorry, that, <laughs> why would I be talking about Psycho? <laughs> this isn't a yes, mother. 
that um, the original Poltergeist started. So they were sloppy in the storytelling and the creating of the world. Right. So if you saw it without seeing Poltergeist, it's like they depended on that. That you had already seen Poltergeist, so you like knew what was going on and what was going to happen. Because right. I just I can't imagine watching that without having any idea what Poltergeist was. You'd be like, "Oh wow, <laughs> that was no." Terrible. I agree because that you know in the original Poltergeist, you know the reveal of you know spoiler alert um, for a movie that's like thirty years old. You know the reveal of when they find out that. You know, this neighborhood is built on a cemetery that they just moved the tombstones and not the the bodies. That's a pretty big reveal in the movie. It's and in a... this one, it's just kind of mentioned and, like, everyone's like, huh. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's like, wait a second, that's a huge part of this. <laughs> <laughs> And it just, I don't know. I mean, and the dad, dad's supposed to be so pissed off about it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Incensed. Exactly. I mean, it's his boss. He's like, you moved the <laughs> tombstones, but not the bodies. You know, I mean, it's a great <laughs> scene in the original. Pol- and in this one, it's just like almost a throwaway. Well, we moved the tombstones and not the bodies. You know, I don't know. <laughs> it. <laughs> It does rely heavily on you knowing the original because it, it really does. I don't know, just. And also, like the build-up yeah. of moving into the house and, like, the kitchen where all the chairs just, you know, she turns around in the kitchen and all the chairs are stacked, right. and and Carrie, Car- Coralan, Corianne, what's her Cor- name? Corianne, I think. Yeah. She she puts on the football helmet and like. And plays with it, the like, it's, and they like play it's with kind it. of funny. Like, yeah, they're, like, not quite, they're a little intrigued and kind of like, what's up? And they kind of did that with this, kind of, with the, like, static in the closet. Yeah, but that was just the kids, that wasn't the parents. That was just the kids. So, yeah. Yeah, so. And then it was just, boom, first night, you know, chaos. Yeah, yeah. I mean... There were some scary things. I mean, there, they did something different with the clowns, and that was terrifying. Yeah, yeah. The clowns were a little bit different. The tree's a little bit different. I still think the tree in the first one's better, though. I, it's been so long, I can't remember how good the tree was. It's, I know it swallows the boy or something. <laughs> right, and in this one, it just kind of, kind of like throws him up in the air, yeah, tosses him around. He's and just, this one, he, it's like the whomping willow. Yeah. <laughs> the parents come home. <laughs> It was totally Harry Potter. <laughs> it, like, has it in its clutches and it's just, like, swinging them around. Yeah, I just, the original one is on my mind a little bit because, you know, Booker and I, we've watched it in the last year, maybe year and a half, so. I don't know when the last time was I saw it, but it was one of those, I was I was probably too young to watch it, and it, and I saw it more than once, for sure, and it, it you know, sunk its teeth into my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would say that one thing I did kind of enjoy about this one was, like, the the person they bring in to, like, cleanse the house where, you know, in the original, it's that short little lady, you know. Mm-hmm. In this one, it's, like, a guy who's got, like, a ghost-busting show, like a paranormal investigation reality show. It's played by Lane Price of Mad Men. 
Oh, okay. I, I didn't recognize him at all. But I kind of liked that idea. That kind of gave it a, you know. A I liked it a lot because it was lame. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of him being like a known reality ghost investigator guy. I, I thought that was like a pretty yeah. good. No, I like that. It was it kind of uh, brought it into the twenty into the twenty first century exactly. So that was good, but I don't know. Yeah, instead of just being like a crazy psychic. Oh, and there was also like a ghost busting team from the local college that everyone thought were weirdos, and that was pretty similar. Right, right. I like that too. That was played by um. Oh, what's her name? Shoot. Niles' yeah. second wife from Fraser. <laughs> what? The head lady at the college? She was yeah. in Fraser for a while. I recognized her. I just couldn't think of who. She's Niles' wife? Well, he was Isn't married that... to Maris that you never meet. Right. And then he married this lady. She was a plastic surgeon. And he married her right when Daphne started falling for him. Uh, Spoilers for Fraser. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so it was kind of like, crap, they just like eloped. And then Daphne decides to. Okay, yeah, guy. that's faintly. I don't know. That might be where I recognize her from. I bet it is. If you watched yeah. all that. <laughs> that's the only. I, no, I've seen her in like one other thing. I don't remember what. But I'm always like. Oh, that's... And I always know her name. I don't know it right now. Sorry. I thought... Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I don't know who she is. Um, I kind of thought another kind of cool thing about this one was it showed... It's not Carrie Ann or whatever her name is in this one. I can't remember the, the girl's name that, like, gets pulled into the other world. But you see more of... You see that other world that she... That, yeah, that, that was the little cool. girl goes into. And that's kind of cool. And it was creepy, that poor little thing. Because they don't do that at all in the first one. You just hear her voice kind of all over the house and like a, you know. Yeah. So and there's... In this one, you kind of see it, little flashes of it, and it's kind of cool. And in my child mind, I thought she was just totally in the TV. Not like physically in there, but she kind of communicates through the TV in sort of a way. And she right. does that here, too. But Right. For some reason, that's like a conduit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and in this one you kind of you see it where she goes, and that, that's kind of cool. Yeah, and they still do like the rope from the closet to the. Ceiling. Right, it's neat. Right, so yeah. So I don't know. I would say. Don't run out to the theaters to see it. Yeah, red box it. Some red box Friday it. night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially if you're a fan of the original. Oh, and you know what? It's got Sam Rockwell in it. It does. And our family is a Sam Rockwell fan family. So I know yep. he gets a lot of crap from... I didn't know he got crap. He I does. Think great. And he dances. And he didn't dance in this one. Boo. Nope. But yeah, I love him. No, nope. he seems to be one of those actors that kind of gets crap from critics Thanks. and stuff. And it always bothers me because I like him. I had no idea. Yep. Our whole family likes him. Yeah, we're Sam Rockwell fans. There's a little YouTube video of him, like a little montage of all of his dancing that we watch oh, quite man. a bit, and we love it. <laughs> we love it. If there's like two million views, the right family did like one million of them. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Watch it. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's Poltergeist. Um, another thing I watched was uh, recently Amazon Prime added a show from the Cinemax channel called Banshee. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of this show? No. I don't think so. Not at all. I heard just a little blurb about it and always like was like, that sounds pretty good. And then I just, the other day, like maybe a week ago, I noticed it was on and I was like, they've only got season one on and I watched the crap out of it. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it's... um. It's a guy who gets paroled after 15 years in prison, and he had been like a, kind of like a high-end thief, like diamond thief, mm-hmm. that worked for like Russian mafia guys, and so he gets paroled after spending 15 years in prison, and finds his finds where his ex-partner, who was also, like, the love of his life, this woman, finds where she's been, and it's a little town called Banshee, Pennsylvania, and he goes there, and, I mean, this is all in, like, the first ten minutes of the first show, so I'm really not spoiling anything, but he goes to this bar, and... A man who is going to become, like, the new sheriff in town is also at the bar. and But no one knows who this new sheriff is. And, mm-hmm. like, the bar ends up getting robbed and this new sheriff gets killed. And so the guy that got paroled kind of takes on this new sheriff's identity and becomes the sheriff of the town. So it's like an ex-con becomes mm-hmm. sheriff of this little town. Mm-hmm. And wackiness ensues because <laughs> like his ex-partner's living there with like her new husband and family and it's it's really good it goes into some pretty dark places and this is available on like showtime it's on amazon season one's on amazon prime oh okay so it's a cinemax show i didn't oh cinemax not showtime. i didn't even know cinemax was its own channel Oh, yeah. I always thought it was, like, Showtime. I don't know. It's been forever since I even had anything to do with it. Yeah, it's like HBO, Showtime, Cinemax, and Stars. Oh, okay. So it's a Cinemax show. I guess it's on its fourth season now, but so far only season one has been added to Amazon Prime to watch. (laughs) And, yeah, it's really good. It's even one that I would be on, like, episode five and... You know, Cam would sit down and watch half an hour of it and get interested and, you know, then I'd be on episode nine and he'd come in and watch like half an hour. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. really good. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Loved it. Sweet. Um, Another thing I watched was Chef's Table on Netflix. It's a Netflix original show. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Is it like a reality thing, or is it just a show? No, it's more like, it's like a six-episode season, and it's like 
one hour documentaries about six different chefs. Oh, like cool. each chef has their own hour, you know. Yeah. And it's sounds like really, an Emily Rob show. <laughs> yeah, it's really because all six of them have restaurants that are in like the top food magazines, best fifty restaurants in the world. Hmm. So all six of them have restaurants in the top fifty of the world, and. It's really good. It really dives deep in. It just focuses each episode focuses on one chef and their restaurant and where they come from, where they went to school, what their philosophy is for their menu, and it's really pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the second episode, I couldn't stand the chef in the second one. Oh no. <laughs> I like his idea. He's the guy that owns, I think it's called like Blue Hill Farms in New York. Um, he's a farm to table chef. Mm-hmm. So the restaurant is a farm and, right. you oh. know, but he is such a douchebag. I could is he like pretentious. <laughs> oh, he's so pretentious. And he's not that that's something they're all kind of pretentious because they <laughs> they're like, you know, three and four star Michelin chefs, you know, but at least the other five have a little bit of a personality and a couple of them have like great personalities and you really, they seem like really likable people. The one in the second episode, the Blue Hill Farm guy, just a very unlikable guy, just, oh, just such a douche. I just couldn't stand him. Huh. He, he's, he has such a bad temper. He, he really degrades like the cooks in his kitchen. Mm-hmm. and it's like, so why are they working for you if they can't do anything right? You know, I mean, yeah. it's like you seem like a bad chef then if you've got people that <laughs> are working under <laughs> you that you think can't do anything right, or you're such an asshole that no one can ever do anything right, you know? Right, no, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I don't know. It shows him, like, spending time with, like, he's got, like, a two-year-old daughter, and it just seems so out of his element, like... I don't know. And he even mentions, like, I get to spend some time with her tomorrow. You know, I don't know. It's just like, I hate you. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I really just hated him. (laughs) But other than that, it's all good. Um, The only thing, other thing I watched was the new show. We just watched it last night. I think it was on NBC, the, The Whispers. The Whispers. I haven't heard of that. It was one Val, Val had put on our Yes Mother Facebook page, like, the summer shows to look out for. I don't know. Oh. And this was one of them that kind of caught my eye. And so the the first episode aired last night. Um, it's basically little kids who all have a common um, imaginary friend that gets them to do really bad things like kill their moms. ah. (laughs) Scary. But there also seems to be like this weird time time travel, maybe alien element to it. I don't know where it's going. (laughs) But I really quite enjoyed it last night. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, they all have the same imaginary friend, and and then Lily Rabe plays like a a homicide detective, mm-hmm. who is trying to figure out what's going on. She's noticing like similarities, you know, like the imaginary friend has the same. She's trying to put it all together, and her husband has something to do with something that's going on in the Sahara Desert or something. I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch it again next week. <laughs> but yeah, it's called like the whispers or the whisperers. So, but Lily Rabe's great. Yeah. I can't think of a time she wasn't. Yep. So, but yeah, it's interesting. So I'm going to give this little show a try. That's all I've been watching. All right. Well, besides Poltergeist and the Babadook, three times, I <laughs> um, I did check out the Netflix original series, the new one called Gracie and Frankie. Have you heard of Grace and Frankie? Oh, uh, this is the Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of cute. Is it? Yeah. Huh. I've seen the first three. It's fun to just pop on. Um, Because I like both of them, especially Lily Tomlin. Right. Nothing against Jane Fonda. I like Jane Fonda just fine. Dad would die. (laughs) 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 But, Uh, yeah. I don't know. I saw it and was just like, I don't know if I could really relate to a couple almost 70-year-old women. Or, like... <laughs> They're pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> and Martin Sheen and Sam Watterson are in it, too. Right. Okay. Do you know the premise? I remember reading it and going, eh, I don't know. Something about they're divorced and trying to make a new life or something? or. Well, they... Spoilers that, you know, it happens in the first 10 minutes of the first episode. I don't know how spoilery it is for anyone, but um, they, they've they just been like the two couples that they're like business. Their husbands are lawyers and owned a business, a lawyer, a law firm together, mm-hmm. and they bought a beach house together, but they don't really get along. Like Lily Tomlin and Sam Waterston, they're kind of more new age hippie-ish. And uh, Jane Fonda and Martin Sheen couple are like, she owns like a cosmetic company and she's all, you know, into her yeah, look. Yeah, yeah. But her, their, they find out in the first episode that their husbands are gay and have been having an affair for years and they've decided they finally want to be happy. Oh, okay. I'm in. And s- <laughs> They've decided they want to be happy now. They're old and retiring, and they want to get married. And so Grace and Frankie are kind of thrown together in this, like, tragedy. <laughs> and how they're both trying to accept it. And... Oh, okay. Now, are and they've been, like, couples friends forever? Yeah. for I mean, they're, their whole, you know... I think since, I don't know, maybe even college, I don't remember now, like, they, their husbands knew each other and started a law firm and, you know, now they're like old. So, yeah. 
And I think the affair's been going on a very long time. Uh, okay. Well, and it's I'm cute, in. because it, it goes to the men, and they're just so finally so happy, but they feel kind of guilty because they totally wrecked their <laughs> wives' lives, you right, know? Right, right. That's pretty funny. That's good. Okay. I might give that a chance, because, I don't know, I remember just reading it, and it just seemed like overprivileged people having overprivileged problems oh, in no. their 70s. And I was like, I just can't relate to any of that. <laughs> <laughs> but I like everyone in it, but I don't know. It just didn't seem like something I was willing to get into. <laughs> the article must have skirted past the main. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. So... The actual main plot of the show. I don't show. think it was even an article. I think it was just oh. like a one or two sentence blurb oh. on Netflix. And I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm intrigued. So, okay. I'll give it a shot. All right. And um... I just have one question. Are they like half hour or like hour? Oh, I think they might just be half hour. <laughs> Sometimes that makes a difference. <laughs> no, I understand. Yeah, they're like 30 minutes, so they're like a half hour without commercials. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, there's a pretty funny scene in the first one where Lily Tomlin finally does like these. She drinks like this mushroom tea of these mushrooms that they had been saving for a special occasion, and Jane Fonda accidentally takes them, and <laughs> they have this mushroom trip together <laughs> on a beach, and it's pretty funny. <laughs> okay, so I did something kind of surprising that surprised me, <laughs> but I was in a sick fog. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I just, it just... I wasn't expecting to do this. Um, when I first started getting sick and I was kind of up during the night with the sore throat and stuff and then just kind of in bed as much as I could. I do like the bare basics for like four days. I like had the worst cold I've had in like six years. I'm getting over it now, kind of, but I'm over the worst of it. We'll just say, <laughs> but it's like a chest cold that just, oh, worst it's it's just been really bad. My head has just felt like it was like three times as big. And, you know, just... And chest colds, the really bad ones, they just like sap every ounce of energy you have, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I would pick the house up, feed the kids. But every spare minute I had, I'd lay in bed. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I should... uh watch the first three angels of what we uh, were assigned, you know. I know it's a while, but I just thought, I'm going to check these out. I pretty much in four days watched seasons three and four. <laughs> I just kept going. I just kept... <laughs> I totally binged them. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Wow, so you watched season three and four of Angel? Yes. 
I was able to outline how I want to watch them. Well, there you go. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, since I'm feeling a little better. And that is quite the cold you had. <laughs> it was, it's I, still as bad. I, I I'm just, I'm just past the point where I feel like I can get out of bed and do a few things. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I still cannot believe I didn't get it. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't. We were in an incubator. like <laughs> I know. Uh, yep. Um, yeah. I did an impressive lots of angels. So, <laughs> I guess when it comes to me watching, you won't have to watch them again. <laughs> I probably will anyway to take notes. That's just silly that you picked that show to watch two seasons of when you know you're just going to be watching them again. <laughs> you know, I know. And that's like the surprising thing. And there's so many. Like, I want to check out that Aquarius show. Yeah, you could have watched it. There's, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew it the whole time I was doing it. But I just, I was like so exhausted. I didn't even want to like change or earth. I don't want to make a decision. <laughs> Do you know that feeling where sometimes you even feel too worn out to even concentrate on watching something. Mm -hmm. But you just want something on. Yeah, it was yeah. like that. And I just, the, the brain power that like a new show <coughs> like just wiped me out just thinking about it. No, I, I totally get that. So it was the perfect thing to do. It really was. I, I think totally I knew exactly what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, there... Cam and I are so happy that Netflix added MASH a couple months ago, because <laughs> that's like our go-to show, and we just want something on, but we don't want to concentrate on it. Oh, yeah. There's so many shows, there's so many shows on my, like, list that I really want to check out, but I just, I was not, I well, couldn't, but. You have a good point where sometimes your brain just doesn't want something new. Mm-hmm. And so you, you want know, something comforting. Something and... <laughs> comforting, exactly, exactly. Because yeah, familiar and sometimes yeah, you start a new show and it's like, who's that? Do I need to pay attention to this guy? Yeah. Because I can't. Yeah, it was just exhausting to be thinking about doing that. So. Right, right. I get it. I get it. So. But Angel was good. It's good. Is it? Yeah, it was really fun. I'm like every time I think of Angel, I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good. And then I watch it and I'm like, no, this is good. This is a fun show to watch. Right on. And it's got some great stories that happen and are going to happen, have already happened, and many more that are going to happen. Well, cool. That just makes me... I think you'll like it. Kind of look forward to it then. So... Oh, we did get a an email from Matt. From Matt A.? Yeah. It's called Knock Knock. Baba Dook, Dook, Dook. <laughs> right. We didn't read that. Oh, you wanted to just read that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then I answered him, don't let it in. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So apparently Matt A. watched Babadook. I don't know if it was on our recommendation or if he just had watched it on his own. Yep, I don't know. Anyway, good times. 
So, all right, so on to Buffy? Yes. All right. We did get feedback from Harold. Is there any feedback on the Sue Watches Buffy Facebook? There is. There's two, so. Okay, you want me to read Harold's then? Yeah. All right, so Harold says, um, he says, we all knew Buffy was coming back somehow, and Willow bringing her back is the most logical and fitting way. I like that there are real consequences to this. Buffy has been yanked out of heaven, is significantly altered by her experience. Willow's spell was difficult and painful and caused a demon to emerge, much like Jonathan's spell did in Superstar. Uh, it is impossible to imagine season one or two Willow sticking a knife through Bambi's neck purposely and without any sign of regret. But I think it is the natural progression of a character who has been slowly and steadily been getting more powerful and confident. Yeah, yeah. I think she's had a pretty natural progression. She's progressed a lot, but it has seemed natural. It it seems to have been, yeah, kind of slowly and surely. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah, man, that scene with the fawn. Yeah, I've got a pretty what the bit moment for me. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a little info on it when we get to it. Oh, okay. Um, He says, is Willow heroic or misguided? I think she is a little of both. Once again, she waits until Giles is out of town before trying to stretch her mystical powers. And she hasn't fully thought out what she was doing. On the other hand, she survived the trials, including cuts and serpents coming out of her mouth, all to save her friend. True. Yeah, um, yeah she I, She did include all those things, but it could have been... I think there's definitely wanting to save Buffy, but I think there's also, you know, all that stuff she could have gone through just to prove she could do it, and she just likes magic so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about Willow. I've I've got a little bit of a problem with her right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> oh really? Great. Um, Harold says I love that moment when Spike knows exactly how many days Buffy has been gone. On the other hand, it is weird to see him be so tender and loving to Buffy, at least until the Scooby show up. Isn't he supposed to be a soulless monster? I wonder, too, if he isn't secretly thrilled that perfect little Buffy isn't quite so perfect anymore now that she has had to claw her way out of the grave and has become an undead person, too. I was kind of wondering that, too. That he might have been secretly, or you're wondering, isn't he supposed to be a soulless monster? Um, that, in his mind, they've now got something in common because she kind of is an undead person. She's not a vampire, but she's an undead person. Yeah. I mean, I will not discount that, but I think his initial reactions in bargaining, no, wait, it's afterlife. Um, I don't, he was pure shock and joy. I don't know how much he, I didn't sense on his face that yet. I'll say, but I think that's, I no. A possibility. The look on his face when she comes walking down the stairs, you know, when he comes walking in the house, and he's like, Dawn, I'm going to rip your head off, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then he sees Buffy walking down. I mean, that is that is a look of, like, pure, 
shock and joy and love and wow, you know, I mean, he had a great look on his face. Yeah, he... He was very happy. And all the bike shippers purr. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a great moment. And then when yeah. he's sitting with her and, you know, he sees the cuts on her, you know, the what's on her knuckles and... Yeah, and that point, I could see him being kind of, you know, when he talks about, yeah, I clawed out of my grave, too. Um, right, right. I could see I, a little of what Harold's talking about, sure. Yeah, I, I kind of saw it as, you know, he's happy to see her back, but I I, I don't see it as a pure... Um, like selfish reason that she's I don't know I think he's just happy to see her back yeah and you know Harold asks isn't he supposed to be a soulless monster he has changed he has he has admitted in the fifth season a few times that he is changing it's like no one believes him but he keeps telling people he's like I'm different I'm you know I'm changing he's yeah he's supposed to be a soulless monster and that's what the Scoobies still choose to look at him as but I well, I don't know if they are. I mean, because if it's been, he said, what, it's been 147 days, so that is roughly, like, uh, four to five months. Mm-hmm. Um, he's working with the Scoobies at the very beginning, and they seem all about, I mean, he helps Giles up. He, he's oh, there, yeah. he's, you know. I mean, he, he's one of the gang. Right. And there doesn't seem to be that animosity between the Scoobies and him. It seems like for the last four and a half months or so that Buffy's been dead, he has been working side by side with them. Yeah, and and when he gets mad at Xander, you know, challenging you, you didn't tell me, you know, he's like, I've worked beside you all summer. You know, it's like I've, he's felt included, it seems. He's gained his position with them. Yeah. And, yeah. So, I don't know, the whole soulless monster thing, I don't know, that just seems gone to me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, he did have a little bit of a, it looks like fun when the demons are like destroying all the houses and stuff. He had right. a moment. <laughs> you and, know. and when <laughs> that scene where he does see Buffy the first time and before he does, and he's like worried about Don and pissed off, <laughs> you know, rip your head off and drink <laughs> from your brainstem. <laughs> I right. think gives us a little clue that there's just a monster in him. <laughs> right. <laughs> like normal people, normal Male, I don't know, adult male babysitters would not say that to a 16-year-old or however old she is. Right. It was his way of saying, you have really pissed me off and this is how mad I am, you know. Right. And Spike's, you know, version of, I could wring your neck is, you know, (laughs) a little more graphic. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Like, yes, I could really wring your neck. Spike's version is, I could... You know, rip your head off and rip drink your head off your and drink brain from stem. your brainstem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do think there is something to Buffy being undead now, and Spike and their relationship. They've got something in common. Like I said, she's not a vampire, but she is undead. Well, she opens up to just him at the end. Of afterlife. Yeah, yeah. but because he didn't have anything to do with the bringing her back. But 
It could also be because he's undead, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but Harold ends with, I have a problem with Giles leaving town and leaving teenager Dawn in the hands of a robot and a few 20-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> Does he really have such a strong attachment to England? That's my question. Um, I understand that the actor wanted to cut back his role, but couldn't the writers have come up with a better rationale to, for him to leave where he isn't abandoning Dawn? Like he was being reassigned by the Watchers Council? That is such a great idea, Harold. Yeah. Because he's back employed with them. Kind of being reassigned just sounds like a great idea. Because, yeah, and the the actor had a family in England. And oh. he wanted to spend more time with him. If Did you notice in the opening credits he's special guest star? Um, Yeah, that's like my... Uh fourth note. Did I just see guest starring Anthony Stewart? <laughs> <laughs> you did. <laughs> and the and at the end the and Anthony Stewart head is now and Alison Hannigan. She's right now in her career she's done the American Pie movie. American Pie movies? Okay. So she's kind of second star now. Gotcha. Yeah, I yeah, I was like, whoa, did I just see guest starring Anthony Yes, you did, and don't worry about all that for the plots coming up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, because I was like, kind of paying attention to the new opening because they always kind of add more things, and I just didn't notice that he wasn't part of it. It didn't mm-hmm. it didn't cross my mind. I wasn't like, hey, where's Giles, you know? Right. And so it was once the episode had started and those, you know, the little credits come up and I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not gone by any means. Um, and, you know, Willow called him and he's coming. Right, right. Yeah, I figured, yeah, that I'd see enough of him, but I don't you know. You will. You will. Good. Because I was like, Joss? Yeah. <laughs> Don't blame us. No, he had him live through the stabbing. <laughs> <laughs> then you have him leave down. Then you just have him leave. <laughs> no, that was it. Was the actor wanting to spend more time with his young family? Bring him to America. No. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if he did for a while and they wanted to go back. I have no idea. Or maybe he would just. I'm pretty sure if I was from England, I'd want to stay in England. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite sure. <laughs> it always kind of blows my mind. It's like you're from this beautiful little town in France and you you live in L.A. What? <laughs> yes. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, yeah, I like. Yeah, I like that idea. The Watchers Council wanting him back since Buffy's dead now. <laughs> well, yeah, because I yeah I have a note about that. I'm like, um, he doesn't seem to have anything to go back to. I'm like, you've got a business in Sunnydale. I know. I mean, I know Buffy's gone, but you have the magic box. <laughs> Why are <Well>. you leaving? 
you know, you're you are gonna start to feel Joss's presence less and less. This was the probably the busiest time in Joss Whedon's life ever. Um, he's uh, got Angel, he's got Buffy, and this is the season where Firefly is. And he's writing once more with feeling. So he is really... You know, you saying that reminds me of something I watched on Netflix like a month ago. What? I can't remember what it's called, but it's it's a little documentary about showrunners. Oh. And Joss is one of them that they interview. Hmm. Yeah. That'd be interesting to see. And I would totally be down for a documentary on showrunners. Yeah, it's just on showrunners. Joss Sweden or not? Yeah, it's but he was saying that because all these showrunners, it's it's got you know Carlton Cuse, it's got Damon Lindelof, it's got Cuse is very busy at the moment also. Yeah, it's got all sorts of showrunners, and they're talking about how like how intense their job is, and then it comes to Joss, and he's like, yeah, I was doing three shows in one year, you know, and the <laughs> other ones are like, I don't know how he did that. <laughs> yep. Anyway, so I think little things. Maybe that the writers depended on Dross being like, you know, make a better excuse for Giles. I know Anthony Stewart has got to go, but come up with something better. I think those little influences might right, be felt. That makes sense. So we'll just have to deal with the, these things. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> All right. Let me pull up Facebook. Yep, on Netflix. It's just called Showrunners, The Art of Running a TV Show. Okay. We got some feedback from Valpath. She says, Bargaining is probably my favorite season openers, and it's also my favorite version of the Scooby Gang, which is basically the same as season five minus Riley, who I never really considered part of the gang, but he was always there, so what can you do? <laughs> just cry. Um, that was me Sue did you guess right from the get go that it was a Buffy bot when you see Buffy in the opening yes Okay. (laughs) I just love her cheeriness and when the big big smile it cracks me up side note whenever someone asks me if I want a cup of tea in my head I always say cup of tea cup of tea almost got shag cup of tea (laughs) (laughs) I wrote that down as one of my quotes (laughs) yeah that's a (laughs) <laughs> Definitely a Buffy land favorite. <laughs> um, I wish I had someone in real life to quote Buffy lines to. All this useless knowledge wasted. But it's not wasted on my internet Buffy friends. Thank the internet gods for them. <laughs> uh, one of the creepiest visuals of this series. I'm <laughs> Val, I'm creating my own little people I can quote Buffy lines to. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, Emily had to force a sister and a sister-in-law. Yep. <laughs> the internet's not good enough for her. <laughs> One of the creepiest visuals of this series is when Corpse Buffy turns into a live Buffy, and seeing her eyes roll back like a slot machine was bizarre. Hey, didn't any of the Scoobies think? That if they're planning on bringing Buffy back to life and it works, that she'd still be in the damn coffin? 
I guess when Willow was saying she wanted to go over everything one more time, the actual getting Buffy out of the coffin part was skipped over. I didn't see any shovels around when the spell was going on. What did they think? Buffy would magically appear out of thin air. Poor Buffy having to claw her way out. I never like seeing any kinds of scenes where people are alive in coffins or tight spaces. It freaks me the hell out. Yes, very good point. You, it, It's like that old tale about the town that like prays for water and there's like only one little girl that brings and actually the prays for rain and there's like one little girl that actually brings an umbrella right (laughs) (laughs) when she wrote that i that's what came to my head yeah i was wondering that myself i was like what are they thinking that they're going to bring her. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming the spell is going to be over in a couple minutes, right? It looked like the very end. Right. And obviously, because it had worked, they were going to like, okay, we did it. Oh, let's dig her out real quick because it's going to take a while. And she's like breathing now in her coffin. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of confused about that. Like, um, were they planning on just quickly grabbing shovels and digging? Or were they expecting her to just suddenly, like, appear? Yeah, that's what you know? about. <laughs> yeah. it, I was kind not of cool. It's not cool what they did. No, it's not. Not cool, Willow. <laughs> <laughs> she obviously had enough confidence that it was totally going to work. Oh, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And she says, Sue, what did you think of the demon biker gang? A bit over the top. It was disturbing when the leader was in the alley with the Scoobies and basically says that he and some of his boys would have their way with them and that some of them would have anatomical incapabilities, incompatibilities that tend to tear up little girls. Ugh, really, writers? Gross. <laughs> yeah, I did not like the demon biker gang the at all. The demon biker gang is... Uh, historically very well unliked (laughs) they were horrible their dialogue was horrible and especially after like recently finishing up sons of anarchy which is so beautifully written (laughs) i mean just i was constantly going oh i can't believe you said that oh this is horrible oh yeah it was it's bad their dialogue the way they act it's terrible and i think it has the added so they just switch networks where they're for some whatever reason they're allowed to get away with a little more Mm -hmm. you'll see this a few times um so it's almost like they're exercising their right like ooh, we can do this now so let's go over the top and really gross everybody out (laughs) i don't know yeah you know what kept going through my head because I think of the writers sometimes. I, I think of people in writing rooms when, when it has to come, you know, when it comes to, like, the dialogue and stuff. Mm-hmm. And one thing that kept going through my head with these guys is that these are, like, a bunch of, like, BYU students or something <laughs> that have just been so good and chased their entire life and what they would think bad people would do. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Totally. (laughs) I like that. Like, it's not part of their life at all and never has been. 
but yet this is what they imagine bad people would say. You it's know? totally the same like set of writers that like it is not, but it's just like the writers that had to write the dialogue for like Gun Street Gang and Right. Yes, exactly. They've only seen West Side Story. (laughs) Exactly. I I seriously, I picture just a bunch of BYU students. (laughs) You know. This is the way they talk, yo. (laughs) Have never even seen a rated R movie in their life. Have never, you know, hung out with, you know, the bad boys or anything. But this is what they imagine they talk like, you know. Yeah, I gotcha. So that's that's kind of what was going through my head. Yeah, my... When I just throw my hands up and just die is <laughs> that scene where they're around the fire and like one demon like blows fire. Yes. <laughs> yes. I like one of my this guy I dated's roommate would do that with like he'd do it with like a lighter and I don't know, lighter fluid in his mouth. He'd blow it out and do that and I'm like that you know <laughs> that's so, so dumb. It was just such a dumb thing to do. <laughs> not, I'm not meaning dumb like, that's, you know, that's dangerous, guys. I mean dumb like, you know what, my my friend's roommate used to do that to, like, wow everybody. <laughs> right. And let me, let me ask you something. Was he a BYU student? Kind of the fringe BYU where they weren't, they were kind of. Yes or no? <laughs> I don't think he was. A couple guys in the house. They lived in a house close to campus. Oh, okay. They were kind of like the... They were actually the bad kids. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, because I was going to go, boom! I got it! <laughs> Not quite. They they weren't, they weren't posers. <laughs> But yeah, a few of them did go to BYU, but yeah, I don't think he did. Well, I've been to parties where I've actually seen people do that with like vodka, and it's just dumb. Yeah, it's just a, it's like a little parlor tricky thing to it. It is, and it's just like, hmm. And when That's the wind not shifts very and, and what you're blowing <laughs> out falls on your face, it's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think this guy did it inside. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, it's good stuff. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> okay, so she says, I loved when the show does callbacks, as in the scene in the magic box where Tara is doing the spell to find Willow. We saw Willow do it back in season four when she was looking for Oz at the haunted frat house in fear itself. She called on. Eridia also. Uh, Anya cracked me up when she thought Tara was doing yoga to find Willow. It was nice to see a couple of Tara-Anya scenes, too. We rarely see them. Those? We rarely see those, I think. (laughs) Um, Aw, Giles left. No, come back. The goodbye scene at the airport was sweet. Love the shout-out to the little Gur-Ar guy that Tara had. Do you ever get to see the Gur-Ar guy? Yes. Okay. That's one of my notes, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't even sure you'd seen him, because Netflix cuts it off. Uh, then 
I must have seen him when I was when I was watching him on Amazon. <laughs> not anymore. Which <laughs> I'm not anymore. <laughs> um. Yeah. There is a few times where he does something a little different. Well, and I think I saw it on a when I was watching Firefly. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah. He like in graduation day he wears a little graduation cap. Oh, and my favorite one is at the end of Becoming, he goes, I need a hug. <laughs> That's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay, and finally, that damn rickety eyesore tower is gone. Why the hell is it still there anyway? You'd think that monstrosity would have been torn down over the summer. Oh, wait, Buffy and Don still had a scene to do up there. That's why. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Sunnydale. <laughs> It's like this huge structure that obviously had no permit or nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Went up overnight and some like dragons came out around us. Still there. (laughs) Sunnydale. Oh, Sunnydale. Says, did you guys feel bad seeing Buffy Bot pulled apart like that? I did. It was kind of hard to watch, even though she's just a robot. It still felt so violent. Rest in pieces, Buffy Bot. I don't know if you're coming back from that one, but I hope so. You think we'll see her again, Sue? <laughs> no, I. No, I, I, I thought that was the last of it. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> um, I don't know. You're done. Yeah, I had some good Buffy Bot times. Me too. <laughs> I love Buffy Bot, but she can be done. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> but I wasn't, I don't know, it didn't upset me to see her get pulled apart. I remember just thinking like, oh, that's like in the hitcher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was quartered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh. Yeah, I thought the little scene when, you know, Dawn goes up and to the torso and she, like, suddenly, like, moves her head. I was like, whoo, you know. Yeah. That kind of creeped me out a little bit, but no, I'm good. If if that's the end of BuffyBot, I'm satisfied with BuffyBot. I saw just enough of her to still like her and she didn't get old. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because I think she might have gotten old if it went on too long. I agree with that, too. I guess I won't tell you either way. <laughs> um, I certainly didn't spoil you that she came back after intervention. Nope. Okay, she says, I give this one 8 out of 10 urns of Osiris, Sir Horus. I thought it was like, no, no, no I don't know. Well, it's Osiris, and then... Okay. Xander calls it psoriasis. <laughs> okay, that's what she was writing. Psoriasis. <laughs> okay, feedback for afterlife. Oh no, this is the one where Willow wears that hideous red top. Oh my gosh. Also known as the flayed Elmo belt. <laughs> <laughs> what has Alice and Anakin ever done to you, costume lady? <laughs> Yeah, someone skinned Elmo. <laughs> this 
let her out of it for Willow. So bad. My note on that is wow. Willow's shirt is just wow. (laughs) (laughs) What the bip? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, she did piss off her costume person. (laughs) She did. That's the only explanation. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it just disappeared. Okay. Well, the biggest travesty in the world. I liked this episode. The demon ghostly thing at the end was lame, but I did like how it possessed everyone, especially with Buffy and her creepy rantings popping up in Willow and Tara's room and Anya doing a Dexter Morgan to her own face. I thought that possessed fire-breathing Don was hysterical in a bad way, but it did supply Anya with some great lines. (laughs) 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 One of my favorite Anya lines will always be, I bet you'll experience some dry mouth. I remember the first time I saw this app when she said that line, I burst out laughing because I just never expected to hear that. <laughs> Emma Caulfield always has great delivery. I also enjoyed the line after she sees wide-eyed possessed Don with the gravelly voice, call them stupid. And he quickly says, you can have my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I loved how Willow gets all excited. And Anya or she laughs. She's like reading something and she's like figured something out and she kind of laughs or gets excited and Anya just goes, that's inappropriate. Because <laughs> it's like she's learning what's appropriate times and what's not. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and what Willow did really was kind of appropriate, but you could see in in Anya's mind that's not appropriate. <laughs> like That's something Will- Xander would tell her that's not appropriate. I just love that. <laughs> I think it's in that episode. Yeah, I thought I, think thought it's in... I had that written down, but I don't think I do. But I know what you're talking about. It's when um, it's when they figured out what kind of demon. It was like the hitchhiker demon type thing. Yeah, and it was like a really somber moment. But it's somber because they don't know what they're going to do, but Willow solves it, so she's excited. <laughs> right, right, because the first idea is that the only way to get rid of it is to kill what they brought back over. Right. And Dawn is like, you're not going to kill Buffy, you're not going to send her back, you can't you can't bring her back to me and then take her away again. And yeah, Willow does kind of smile and <laughs> Yeah, I was like, well, that's inappropriate. <laughs> I just love it. She's learning. Yep. <laughs> but she's, like, trying to tell someone else, that's inappropriate. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, Anya's got some good lines. Um, I love the way Spike looks at Buffy when he realizes it really is her and not the Buffy bot. Marsters really sold the subtle yet obvious look of amazement of it's really her. And underlying joy of seeing her alive. We just discussed all that. And yes, he nailed it. <laughs> he did. He totally nailed it. But Buffy seems messed up. How do you think this being back from the dead will affect her, Sue? We'll be interested in your reactions to this whole season. It's my second favorite season, but it's definitely a divisive one in the fandom. I think I like it so much because it was the season that got me first hooked on the show. And it's also the season I had seen first. Afterlife, 8 out of 10 flayed elbow pelts. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, you talked a little bit about your where you think it's going or something in the uh, season wrap-ups. What I'd like to see, yeah. Um, yeah, in a nutshell, I, I'm. it makes me sad how upset Buffy is that she's back and, and that she was actually in a place where she was happy and content and... And now she's back. It it kind of upsets me. It does. And they, they like, really made the Scooby gang fairly insufferable. Yes. You know, they really did. They worked hard at that, and they nailed it. <laughs> I feel they did it on purpose. You know, making them just, you know, the little funny things about them in the last five seasons that would normally make you laugh made them a little insufferable, knowing what we know. Right. And just, you know, especially, like, when they're just, like, talking, 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 when Buffy's in the house and Dom's like, you guys, back off. It's like, yeah, jeez, shut right, up right. about pizza they, and stuff. I know, just, they act like she was just away for the weekend with her dad or something. Right. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I would say for the first time, I am really, like, on Buffy's side. She she hasn't been my favorite character by a long shot mm-hmm. through all these previous seasons, but right now I I'm like totally on her side right now. And yeah, I've told I, you. Well, I told you in season seven that she's my favorite she's character. She's your favorite character, right? That's right. But and it's kind of tied to all this. It's yeah. <laughs> Because I get it, totally you know, <laughs> and it, it's something that we can just talk about once we get through this. You know, I get it. I get why they did what they did. Mm-hmm. But I also really get her, you know, I mean, I don't know. Part of it could be just having a mother who recently died and just thinking that, you know, now she's at peace, you know. Yeah. Not that mom had a really difficult life or anything, but now, you know, she didn't, just, but you know, you know, it's her like, last few years were a little difficult, right? She, she had some things going on in her head and stuff where she, you know, a little depression, things like that. Right. Right. Where we feel good enough that she's, that's gone. Yeah. She's and not having to deal with that anymore. She's not having to deal with that anymore. She's okay. She's, you know, probably, you know, I'm 99.9% sure my mom's in a really good spot right now. And, the you know, the thought of, like, ripping her back, no matter how much I'd love to and be able to see her again, you know, it's... Right. It's not you... worth it to me. I would rather her stay where she is. Absolutely. You know? But we don't have the added, you know, thought of her possibly being in a demon dimension although they don't seem to think of it as just a possibility it's like they seem quite sure right you know you know i mean angel didn't die though he got sucked into a vortex buffy had a dead body true that they buried angel disappeared so it was different and i'm i'm thinking honestly that willow chose to ignore all that because she wanted to do this 
I kind of do too. I think I'm not really... giving Willow much of a benefit of the doubt. I'm not either. I really think Willow just wanted to try her magics. <laughs> and that wasn't all of it. She really, I think she really did seem it. to be concerned about Buffy's soul and all that. Sure. You know, but I believe that too, but I also believe there's, I think there's quite a bit of selfish motivation there as well. Yeah. That she just wanted to see if she could do it. You know, and that just... Uh... Well, we have the added knowledge of uh, forever with, you know, Willow, like, bringing that book out of the bookshelf for Dawn. She's just into that. And she thinks magic right, solves right. everything. And and that she's the best powerful witch in the world. Which... Right. And, you know, you probably could bring your mother back and that's how you do it. Here. Try right, it. Right. Yeah, try it. Exactly. Very blasé. <laughs> but this time, you know, Tara was supportive of it. And Xander and everybody. You know, Giles even thought she was in a hell dimension. He mentioned something about it. Right. Anyway. It's complicated. It is. It is. It, it's very complicated. And, you know, I guess... The Scoobies didn't quite ingratiate themselves, though. <laughs> Not really, no. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. Anyway, we we'll get into we got a little thing uh, from Elizabeth. Yes, we will. <laughs> she says, Arg, work is killing me right now. I'm just leaving and realize I forgot to send feedback. So it is a... Sp- so, is it a spoiler to say, welcome to the most polarizing season of Buffy? No, you can say that. I've dropped enough hints. <laughs> I didn't know it was the most polarizing. I'd say definitely, yeah, most polarizing. Interesting. Um, and that no matter how many problems I have with it, I still can't stop myself from plowing through the whole thing when I start watching. <laughs> I agree with Val bargaining. That's probably my favorite season opener. I don't care about the lame, rapey biker demons. <laughs> 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 yeah, they're kind of one of those things. It's like the demon of the week. They don't ruin anything for me because I just don't care about them enough. <laughs> yeah. They're not why I watch, so I can put them in the background of my mind and care about the important stuff. Um, it's all about the Scooby gang for me and the horror and, aud- and audacity of what they are doing and how it affects all of them. There are some funny bits too. Did you get a little tear during Giles farewell at the airport? I know I did for the 10th time. <laughs> I would love to hear Sue's predictions for what will happen this season. Well, I better head home, but hope to join you soon. She is going to join us maybe a couple times this season. Oh, cool. Um, uh, did I tear up? No. I did. I might, maybe the first time ever, I'm not quite sure, but I totally did, especially when you turned to Dawn. For some reason, it it got me a little weepy. I thought it was very sweet, yes, but um, it just, it takes a lot for me to actually tear right. up. Right. <laughs> I <laughs> doesn't take as much for me. <laughs> I almost heard that more when I saw him as a special guest. <laughs> <In the actual laughs> <scene>. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, 
No, I mean, it was a very sweet scene. And those scenes are always very sweet. I just, I kind of just tuned sappy goodbyes out, though. I I don't know. Right. This one was, um, it wasn't too melodramatic. No, it didn't had seem that few, way. But... Had a few little moments that might have been a little bit, but not too bad. Yeah. I don't know. I think just over my TV and movie watching, I I harden at those scenes. Because <laughs> if I let them get to me, they'll really get to me. Right. <laughs> yeah, I let this one get to me a little bit. It was just, <laughs> I don't think an actual tear happened, but I actually, it got a little dusty. <laughs> a little dusty. <laughs> All right. So we have bargaining part one. Oh, thanks for the feedback, everyone. We really appreciate it. Yes, thank you. And it's good to kind of be back in the saddle. <laughs> I loved, I loved, loved doing Bates Motel. But, you know, I feel like, like I think I said this in the last podcast, that Sue watches Buffy got a little neglected. So it's fun to get some feedback and to just kind of have a little more attention on it. Well, it's, it, it is fun to and binge a little bit. Well, and it's different to watch a show that's been out there for a while over one that is brand new every week. Right. Because yeah. you get people who have, like Val, like Elizabeth, like Harold, you know, they love the show and they, they want to talk about it. Right. Where something like Bates, we're all new. Right. And it's like every week. And we're like, well, no one's seen it. No one's, no one's seen, seen what Everyone's, comes next. Yeah, exactly. So there is kind of a little bit of a different dynamic there. Different vibe, yep. Yep. And it's kind of fun. Okay. So we have bargaining part one, bargaining part two, and afterlife. Okay. What are the numbers and the all... Give me the out-of-the-season numbers. Okay. We have a number nine... A number 12 and a number 8. They're pretty close together. Hmm. Going to well, be difficult. If, if I go by what my rankings are, um, the number 12 is Bargaining Part 2. Uh, number 9 is Bargaining Part 1. And number 8 is Afterlife. Interesting. You got Bargaining Part 1 right, but... Uh, Number eight is Bargaining Part Two, and number 12 is Afterlife, which Afterlife I love. Really? Because I yeah. ranked Afterlife as my favorite of the three. I think it's my favorite, too, but hmm. um, the ghost has a pretty bad reputation. But again, that's something I can totally ignore <laughs> and just look at the character moments and enjoy it. Now, is it ghost while it's... Ghosty or ghost when it becomes solid? I think the Buffy, I think it's got a pretty bad reputation with the, like, when Buffy's fighting it, it's not a very good fight scene and stuff, that kind of stuff. And maybe a stupid concept. Oh, see, I kind of liked it. Oh. I like it. I I, like all of it. I kind of like the fact that this was something that could, like, punch her but when she went to grab it it just 
Yeah, that would be so frustrating. I know. I, I don't know. And I thought they did kind of a good job. I thought once the ghost became like solid form, mm-hmm. I mean, we only saw it for like a second or two. I thought that was kind of lame. But when it was like the misty, ghosty, I don't know. I I had no problem with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised because it's ranked number 76 overall. And I think it's a good episode. Really? I really. I love Buffy coming back. I love her moments with Dawn and with the Scooby gang, although they're a little infuriating. And man, those spike moments are oh, gold. Those spike moments are fantastic. And you get the reveal of that she's been in heaven. That's like a crazy yes, reveal. Yes, exactly. And it's important. <laughs> right, okay. So yeah, I, and it's a shocking thing to me hmm. okay so bargaining part one is eight out of 22 then bargaining one is nine nine that's the one you got right okay what is it it's, overall uh 53 okay so I really liked Willow talking to them all telepathically. Yeah, we saw a hint of it talking to Spike, but now she can do it to everybody. Right, and I thought that was really cool. How she was on top of that like crypt and yeah. like turn left. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's great. I thought that was kind of cool. You know, a few episodes, a few seasons ago, when they did it, lots, lots of seasons ago, was it the beginning of number two? Was it or number three? Maybe no, two. And uh. They've got walkie-talkies. <laughs> and it's kind of fun. You know, when Buffy's right. gone and they have to fight. That's and they've, right. they've been doing it all summer without her when she goes away to L.A. When so. she goes to L.A. and becomes that waitress. That's right. Yeah. They've got walkies. But now they don't need the walkies. Willow's, Willow has grown since then. and Yep. Well, that is three. Okay. That's where I'm confused. It is three. Because I remember um, Xander and... Cordy are together. And oh, yeah. doesn't he have like a Nighthawk or something? <laughs> They've got like little names. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay, so when she talks to Xander and he says, Great Googly Moogly, what is that from? It was driving me crazy. It's from a show I know. Um, I don't know. Oh, I'm going to have to look it up. It feels. It feels like a show I maybe didn't watch very much, but maybe like Matt did. So you were probably out of the house. Uh, says Common and Blues songs, made more popular by Frank Zappa in the song Nanu Rubs It. <laughs> that is not where I got it from, but now I know it was from a little kid show Scout watched. Is it called The Great Googly Moogly? No, it couldn't have been. I don't know. I'm. I'm surprised I didn't recognize it as a Frank Zappa thing. My first husband was... Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't listen to Zappa all that. the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it from a kid's show. A little kid's cartoon with this giant monster thing that Scout oh. used to watch. So that makes sense, actually. That would. I wonder if that's where Xander got it, because... Well, if Scout was watching it, it's probably like 2006 or seven. 
I don't know. Anyway, that's where I know it from. So now I'm not as annoyed. <laughs> I I feel like that's exactly where I got it. You know, it's just that was satisfying. Okay. <laughs> so. So my note after I like Willow talking to them all telepathically, I'm like, Buffy bot. My note, I've got a little Buffy bot exclamation point. I love it. <laughs> I got the exclamation point too. <laughs> and then I've got cup of tea, cup of tea. Almost got shad, cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> my next note is I like Buffy bot. <laughs> Did you notice the line that'll put uh, March Pond in your pipe? Right? You know, I wrote it. On, I think uh, the end of the gift, maybe. I wrote it on our Facebook page when I put one of the very last of the fifth seasons. I just thought she'll never know what that is until she sees it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I did like how she tried to have like a clever saying. <laughs> It just made no sense at all. <laughs> well, I was like, man, I tried to <laughs> tried to put some new puns in, but <laughs> it just became like word soup. Word salad. <laughs> word salad. <laughs> I yeah. just like her thinking. Buffy needs more puns. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's just a cute little thing. Yep. And then my next note is: Did I just see guest starring Anthony Starhead? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, you did. Um, I liked Anya saying double check spreadsheets for eternity. <laughs> 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 that was one of her, I don't know. That was something she's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I loved Anya and Giles' fight in in the magic box. Yeah. <laughs> Where she, they like wrestle over that statue. Yes. <laughs> and Sander, when I'm the one marveling at the immaturity, there's a problem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then I have, I just, I can't believe Giles is leaving. And then I have, I guess it kind of makes sense. I mean, Buffy's dead at this point, and I guess he was there to be the, you know, watcher. Yeah, but... In my mind, I'm like, but he owns the magic shop. He owns the magic shop. Sunnydale is still a hellmouth, and he is. He's leaving... He is leaving this and a girl with a, a, a robot. F-ups, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, a robot and, you know, Xander, really? <laughs> I mean, seriously, I would have taken my father is ill and I need to go. Or, you know, just something like that. He is working for the Watchers Council. We know this. Yeah. I mean, they could have. Carol's just, idea. They could have just thrown like one sentence that would have made so much more sense. Because I'm like, why is he leaving this business he owns? He seems to have so much more going on. Well, they seemed 
they kind of seemed to hint at that it was just too painful. And he kind of, when he was trying to train Buffy Bot, I think it was, I think Buffy Bot was really painful for everyone individually. Especially Dawn. Yeah. And I think, you know, he's trying to train her and he was like talking about her breathing and she, and it's like, he forgot for a minute that it wasn't Buffy, kind of. And I think... I get that. And they all have their, uh, you know, guilt that she died and they couldn't save her and all of that. I get that, but there's still... It's just not enough. All these alive people that need him, you know? Yep. I mean, I get that. I get the whole... You know, everyone is kind of happy having the Buffy bot because it's like having Buffy, but it's not because it's the Buffy bot. You know, like she's a like a little band aid or something. You know. Yeah. But I don't know. To me, it's just like you're still responsible, kind of, for Willow and Xander, and, and especially Willow. He knows how she is he's experienced like her trying to do spells that she shouldn't be anyway you would think that he'd want to watch over that you know yeah it's true i don't think they they did that very satisfying having her leave (laughs) they didn't and it's probably been talked over so i'll just say i agree with everyone they did they (laughs) they should have there should have been a better reason for him leaving like, seriously, like, couldn't they have just said, like, your dad is dying and I've got to go or something? Yeah, I don't know. Um, they could have. My next note is, does that vampire have on a Hanson t-shirt? <laughs> I wrote a Hanson shirt? Really? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, Willow wears a shirt with an 11 on it. Xander has a 13 on his shirt. Yes. And Don has a 7. And it got the fans nuts. I wrote that down too. I was like, what was with all the numbers? There were theories and theories and theories. And then they find out from Marty Noxon, who was the showrunner maybe, executive producer. She's like, that was just a coincidence. It just, there was, there was nothing to do with just the costume department did that. And it was not even thought of. I thought, well, it was probably a time where that was just the popular kind of shirt. But, yeah, I think Costume Lady was doing drugs. Wow. Because <laughs> there's a lot of weird stuff. Because I was. I was looking at everyone with the numbers and going like, wait, am I supposed to notice that? Yeah, now this was before Lost, but... um. Yeah, there were a lot of theories, and that that caused quite an uproar, apparently. (laughs) Everyone wanted to know what that meant. Well, and I think even in in Afterlife, doesn't Dawn have another, like a number 55 or something? I don't know. I do remember a time where that was popular. (laughs) Right, right. Little pseudo sports shirts. Abercrombie and Fitchy-like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They didn't have to do it so much. <laughs> yeah, I kept seeing the numbers and going, I better pay attention to that, because that might be, <laughs> is that, is like, nope. 
November 13th of 2007? Is that when <laughs> Buffy dies? Is that... <laughs> We're it, going to talk about it. July eleventh of two thousand thirteen. July thirteenth of two thousand eleven. November thirteenth. We're going to chalk that up to costume Bad director costuming. being on crack for a few episodes. No, here's what happened. The costume designer was a identical twin. And sent her twin in. <laughs> she was. She wanted to take the day. She wanted. She, she wanted the week off. And was like, <laughs> boom. <laughs> I have an identical twin. And the twin was like, in. oh, it's my chance. <laughs> no one will know. <laughs> yes, yep. I love it. That's a great theory. All right. Um. So, my next note is, well, at first I was against bringing Buffy back, but what Willow said kind of makes sense. (laughs) I think that's when Willow, because at first I was like, no, 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 (laughs) you know? Um, But this is when Willow, when they were talking about, they don't know, they think she's in hell. Right. And so I was like, okay. Okay, I guess guess if you thought that, you know. So when Willow says nothing can go wrong tonight, why doesn't everyone freak out on her? They say, don't say that! Because <laughs> they've done that several times in past seasons. I know, and it's... No one can say that ironic line, and she totally says it and breezes by. <laughs> well, and they even... It seems like a couple of them even have, like, little questions... Like, I know Xander does. He's like, wait, we're doing it now? You know? And she's like, it's okay. You know, everything's <laughs> going to be fine. I, I promise you, nothing can go wrong. Ugh. I love, I love that, by the way. Xander's like, who put you in charge? And they're like, you did. We all voted. And And yeah. you even made her a little sign little with glitter. <laughs> <laughs> says, the boss. <laughs> I like that, too. But yeah, I was really um, trepidatious at this point. Like, uh, it's going to go wrong, you know? Because <laughs> Willow is way too... She just is so confident that it's just going to go fine. And it's like, you know, in life you're not confident that anything's going to go fine, let alone bring someone back from the dead, know. you know? I don't even know if driving to work tomorrow is going to go fine, you know. <laughs> She's, uh, She's trusting magic confident. a lot and quite confident. <laughs> yeah. So that had me a little bit worried at that point. Yeah. Um, I did like the Spy Cat Willow take all the Buffy and love with him stuff out. Oh, I just love how pissed off he is yeah. <laughs> with the Buffy bar- the bot starts talking about his abs. <laughs> Yep, and he's like, I told you to take that out. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of sweet. Just a nice little character moment. It is, it is. It's, it's nice that, you know, he's the one that had the Buffy bot made and then just realized so quickly that... It's not what he wanted. It's not what he wanted. It's not the real Buffy, so it, it doesn't count. And now it's kind of, I don't know, mocking him. I don't... I think out of everybody, it... 
I think Spike, it's just hard to even see it and know what he did to her by making that Buffy bot, and now they're relying on it. And with Dawn, I think it, I, I can't imagine. Can you imagine what it would be like living with your sister having just died and having to live with like a replica of her? No. I can't imagine that. We and she's so young. And can you imagine having, having like a robot mom? No, I can't it imagine. Horrifying. It is really horrifying. If you really delve into what that would actually be like, it is sad. It's it is. really, it is. really, really sad. That's. And know. she's a young kid. It's really. And she just lost her mom. And then she had a sister <laughs> that jumped off right in front of her, killed herself to save her. Ugh. No, it's horrifying to think of because I, I would rather have nothing than a robot oh. replica of that person. Right. And oh, she goes just, and lays by it that night. Oh, so I know. Sad. Oh, and she's just got her eyes open and things plugged into her. And, mm-hmm. oh, she like, just cuddles next to her. It's oh, so, it's, it's really sad. It's it just, really oh. is. I don't think a lot, I don't know if enough people really look at it like that. No, maybe not. I mean, I th- I think you and I have a little bit of a, you know, it, it's 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 a pretty recent, you know, experience yeah, maybe. for us, you know. So we might be a little bit more um, sensitive to it. Sensitive to it, right? Yeah, maybe so. Um, and a lot of people just outright hate her, <laughs> so maybe they can't. I just I haven't heard people really talk about. I haven't heard much discussion on this subject that I can remember. But, yeah, it's it's a really, really really sad concept. Well, it's just like that that BBC show, that Black Mirror, that... Oh, yeah. I had watched that one episode, I don't know, like a week or so before Mom died, and then I was... I, like, watched it a week after. I was talking to you about it, and I was like, don't watch it yet! (laughs) And you did anyway, and I was... I don't know. Okay. It just, it was so different than a, like a mother child relationship that it was okay for me. But this one was very much like a mother daughter relationship. I can see that. But yeah, I don't know if I could still watch that episode though. It's just, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. For some reason it didn't really affect me too much. But yeah, Dawn lying next to her like that was just, ugh. Uh, yeah, uh, really sad. Um, my next note is: Did Willow really just kill that fawn? <laughs> <laughs> what the bit? <laughs> yeah, so the deer scene. Um, it it originally, I think, right before it aired, they cut it out. They um, they had a camera pan up to a very bloody dress. But it says they cut it before airing. And the music they wrote for the scene is entitled Willow Kills Bambi. (laughs) (laughs) And that scene is actually cut out of syndication on all networks except Spike TV and Sky One, which I think is the UK channel that plays Buffy. That doesn't surprise me. I (laughs) I mean, because it's pretty brutal. Well, she's doing this little 
spell, and, you know, she's like... It's just, it's beautiful scene. She's yeah, got a white dress on. It's very... Um... And this adorable little fawn walks up to her, and, like, I, I thought somehow she was going to turn that fawn into Buffy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's pretty shocking. It's been a while since I was shocked by it, so I don't really remember, but... And instead, she just pulls out this knife, and I was just like, wait, no, what? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> and... You were supposed to turn that into Buffy. This was supposed to be the whole bring her back from dead. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. It was really difficult. Allison Hannigan is a big animal lover, kind of a well-known animal lover, and said that she cried for, like, the entire day. This was really difficult for her to to do. I bet. It was upsetting. <laughs> no, the whole concept is upsetting because, you know. It is, and then she just kind of hides it and is really blasé about it. Right, right. Um, I I don't see total coldness, though, when she does it. She's kind of breathing heavy, I guess maybe just from the strain, but I don't think it was as strenuous as her breathing, and she's kind of darting around, which, you know, you can interpret that she's just did such a horrific thing that she is making sure she doesn't have witnesses. But I, I think it affected her, but I don't know how much. Um, I got the idea that it was just part of the spell and she has just become so intent on bringing Buffy back that she's just got to do what she's got to do. Yeah. I, it's possible. And that, you know, killing the fawn, that's what you got to do. You know, yeah, it's possible for, you know, for once I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt that there was a little, a little bit that that was, wasn't her favorite thing to do. <laughs> I know it wasn't her favorite well, thing. Well, she but... did come back and like lie to Emmerin. I mean, she said that it was something she had to get from the black market or something. I mean, that's what she was talking about, right? Yes. And then later in Afterlife. You know, Buffy accuses her of it, and she's like, no, I have no idea what she was. I recognize the words, but it was, like, all gibberish, you know. No. <laughs> she was accusing you of that very scene. Oh, I don't think I caught that. Oh. You know that scary moment in Afterlife where she comes into their bedroom oh. and is yelling at them? She's talking about the fawn scene. Yeah, you should rewatch it. You know, that scene, that scene really scared me. It was scary. <laughs> I think my brain was like kind of scrambled, like, what's going on? <laughs> I heard a lot of bitches. And <laughs> I don't know if I caught that she was talking about the fawn. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should rewatch it. Okay. I should um, find. I got some emails from B while she was watching it. <laughs> I forgot to order her about it. <laughs> You need to try and remember to warn her just that there might be some scary scenes in some episodes. <laughs> Interesting. Um, my next yeah, note she on... accuses her of that exact thing, doing that, and Willow totally denies it again. Buffy? What did you do? Do you know what you did? You're like children. Your hands smell of death. Bitches. Filthy little bitches rattling the bones. Did you cut the throat? Did you pat its head? <laughs> the blood dried on your hands, didn't it? Oh my, god. oh my god, oh my god. You were stained. 
You still are. I know what you did. The glass. There's no glass. Okay, what in the friendly heck is going on? Maybe we dreamed it. Right. Right. Wrong. Different brains. Oh, yeah. What was it talking about? Did you understand it? Well, I understood the words, but no. Um, my next note is Terrorist Monster, Grr, Arg. It's like Joss's production company. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Here's what B said. She's like, <laughs> We were talking about bargaining just right after she watched it. And <laughs> She's like, um, yeah, the girl woke up in the ground and had to go from that to fighting off hordes of demon bikers, total trauma, and who knows where she's been. If it's Joss's atheist world, she might have been nowhere. And then I go, I'll have more to say after you've seen Afterlife. <laughs> it's like, I can't talk anything about that. I'm not touching that. <laughs> and then she goes, it's creepy me the hell out. Matt's gone and it's dark outside. <laughs> Sorry, me. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny anyway yeah there's some creepy that I think Anya's scene is creepy oh Anya's scene is really creepy it kind of shocks you the yeah. other two are okay you're kind of you got it now and they're not as scary but they're not as scary but yeah no the Buffy thing and then the Anya thing yeah yeah cause yeah I mean Dawn breathing fire and what is it? Xander's like, oh, thanks for the yeah, thanks tip. for the tip. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, we're not talking about afterlife, are yeah. we? <laughs> <laughs> My next note is so they have Giles live just to have him leave. Damn you, Joss. <laughs> 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 and then I get back on your loud bicycles. Ha ha. <laughs> 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 I like that. Loud bicycles. Loud bicycles. So cool. So bargaining part two. So that is number eight. Yeah. This season. And it's uh, actually just over bargaining part one, two, and the whole thing, number 52. Really? So not only are they eight and nine, they're number 52 and 53. <laughs> kind of strange. And part two... Is considered better than part one. Yeah. Um. What do I think? See, I had that. I thought part one was better. I think I yeah, totally it is, isn't it? Just barely though, but yeah. This is just kind of wild Buffy running around and and then the up in the tower with Dawn. Yeah, yeah, because like. I've only got, I only wrote down one, two, three, four, five things about part two compared to part one, which I've got like a full page. Yeah, I agree. I liked one also better. But I like them both. And like I said, they weren't exactly meant to be split up. It gets split up in syndication and stuff, but it was just one long episode when it aired. I think that works better. Yeah. Yeah. Even watching them back to back, I think if it was one long episode, 
it would be better because just mentally it would have been better. <laughs> I think so. Um, yeah, because my note on bargaining part two, like my first one was, I I just don't like to see buried alive Buffy breaking out of her coffin. That that was just disturbing to me. Yeah. Um. And it's not that. I don't know, because watching, say, um, Beatrice, is that her name, in Kill Bill break out of her coffin is one of my favorite scenes of all time. Oh. Um, I think it's more like just, um, this is just too, just too close to mom dying. <laughs> I, I think I just still have, like, these weirdnesses about coffins and stuff right now. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, I see that. So I, I didn't like that at all, watching her try and get out of her coffin. That just kind of freaked me out. Um, she Her dress, she has the slit in the back. That was kind of real. <laughs> Did right. you notice? Yes, yeah. yes. She was also wearing a very unbuffy outfit. Who picked that out? That's what I was wondering, too. I was like, would... She should have been in, like, a cute little summer dress or something. She and should then, have been and... in something Buffy would have actually worn. <laughs> well, and her shoes change. Oh, do they? Yeah, they're kind of like heels at one point, and then they're flats later on. But I was just like, whatever. I didn't notice that. That's um, weird. Costume? Twin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the costumer is still on vacation. <laughs> Got her less talented twin. But yeah, I was wondering that too, but when I saw the outfit she was buried in, I was like, really? Who who buries a cute, you know, twenty year old in in like a I don't know. Like a Jewish mourning dress, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> shiva dress. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's not how she dresses at all. No, it wasn't. She did have her. Um, her, she had her. She came out of the grave in her Daphne hair. <laughs> in between seasons, she recorded the Scooby Doo movie. And I'm familiar with the hair because Scout used to watch that movie all the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> Where she plays Daphne. And you can tell it's it's very Daphne <laughs> from the movie. Oh, how funny. It's not quite as red, but it's just totally it. Yeah, yeah. It's not the blonde. Yeah. It's a little bit darker. Yeah. Um... Yeah, my next note is powerful man witch. Haha. <laughs> my next note is the man witch line totally works on me. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally one of those lines that it seems like maybe seven out of ten. I would be like, that was dumb, but this witch. Oh, it totally worked. <laughs> totally worked. <laughs> I don't know if it was just the slightly better writing or Nicholas Brendan's delivery. delivery. Something yeah. combined it to just be great. Yeah, when I think in a lot of other actors or writers, that kind of thing would just really fall flat. Yep. It's, it's my second note. 
Um, the third thing I wrote down is, Anya, afraid of the rabbit. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Anya and her rabbits. Yeah. Um, and then I have Buffy Bot with no arms and legs is creepy. Very. I'm not a fan of torsos <laughs> with no arms <laughs> and legs attached. Yeah, torsos are yucky. <laughs> yeah, like, no offense to any of our, I don't know, quadriplegics. <laughs> but, I don't know. It was just seeing her laying there just with no arms and no legs, just, ugh, I don't know. It, 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 I don't think of quadriplegics as much as I think of, like, dismembered bodies. Yeah, because I guess... Dexter they, victim, kind of. Yeah, yeah, because I guess quadriplegics still have their arms and legs. They well, just don't. don't. <laughs> True. <laughs> I don't know. It just freaked me out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it that way. It just freaked me out. Yeah. I think also because, like, there was, like, wires coming out, and I don't know. She just looked filleted. Yeah, it wasn't pleasant. Nope. Um, and, yeah, my last note on this is, is this hell? Wow, that is not what you'd want to hear someone say who just came back from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. Um, I think it's in this episode. There's a very much talked about scene where she's walking in the graveyard and she passes the angel statue. And she kind of pauses and it looks like the wings are on her back. And that's supposed to be like your first clue. That she's um, she was in heaven, <laughs> that she's like a fallen angel. Instead of being in hell. And that was the second one. Oh, well, I didn't pick, I, I know the scene, because when I saw the angel, it reminded me of a Doctor Who episode. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> and those who watch Doctor Who know what I'm talking about. Oh. Um, I didn't see it as, I wonder if she was in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably something for the people that have seen it already. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> to see it go, ah. But yeah, when she says that to Dawn up on the, you know, when when they both end up on that structure, you know. Yeah, it's a pretty thing for breaking hell, I was just like, oh my gosh. You know, that. Now knowing, you know, what we know after seeing Afterlife that she was like, she's just been ripped out of this, like, lovely place and... Right, but I I, like, I took these notes my first time watching. Right. And I, that was very, like, that hit me pretty hard when she said that. What did you think? I, I kind of, I put myself in Dawn's place oh. and was like. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> that is, like, the most horrible thing that someone who you love and has recently died and now they're back, if they turn around and say, is this hell? I don't know. To me, that was just like such a horrible thing. Such a horrible idea. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I hadn't seen Afterlife yet. I was just like, oh my gosh, you know. 
it's she doesn't turn around and be like, Dawn, I missed you. <laughs> you know, I'm so happy to be back. <laughs> kind of disoriented thinking she, she's in hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I don't know. It it really hit me just like, holy crap, you know. Yeah. This time this Dawn talking and saying, you know, you you told me I need to be brave and I really tried and you know, I'll do better if you're here, but you can't die. She's really scared that Buffy's going to die again, and she just came back to her. It's really sad. Oh, it's, it's, it's so, yeah, that whole scene is just so horrible and and sad because it, it looks like Buffy is about to just jump again, okay. you know? She's she's obviously disoriented, and Dawn has no idea what's going on, why Buffy's here, but she is. Right, right. And the tower would be, I mean... Just the tower alone and how it's, like, falling would just be the scariest yes. thing in the whole world. But she's trying to talk Buffy down. Just, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. No, it's... That's an intense scene. Yeah, it really is. Because that would be... Yeah, I mean, you're you're back at the place where it happened. So there's that, you know. Mm-hmm. There's that yeah. memory coming <laughs> yeah. back. Yeah. You know, and then, yeah, and then your sister, who has been dead for about four months, is there. And looks like she's about to jump, and you're trying, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, she's terrifying. That's a tough scene. (laughs) That was a very tough scene on me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, all this time, ever since mom passed away, I've just been thinking about the joy stuff. I didn't, it never even crossed my mind that it would be difficult about Buffy's death. Yeah, it's almost, it's almost like Buffy's death, uh, somehow, like, uh, has more impact on me than Joy's did, or Joyce's, you know. Interesting. Probably because, I don't know, Joyce just was never a good mother. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't relate to her. (laughs) I'm a (laughs) mother-daughter. But I kind of do with Buffy, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, well, and you, you know, you talk so much up about they can't take Dawn away from Buffy after she just lost her mom, you know? Right. There's been that factor, and then they, they actually took Buffy away from Dawn. She just lost another right maternal right. figure in her life. Right. Yeah, that could be it. Yeah. You know, you, you did. You really were like, oh, they can't take Dawn away from Buffy, you know? You really invested a lot in the fact that she was her only family and all of that, and that you were glad that she had her, and that they ripped Buffy away from under you. (laughs) (laughs) I did not see that coming. (laughs) But it's kind of cute. I mean, there's cute parts that, you know, Willow and Tara were like her moms, and she really seemed to like that you know she no i i did like that i did like the idea of you know willow and tara moving in you know that made sense to me because i was like what's gonna happen you know yeah you thought maybe giles maybe giles would take over as and be guardian but 
you know, Willow and Tara moving into the I remember house. you not mentioning, thinking that, you know, they could become her moms. <laughs> Didn't even cross my mind. Nope. I, yeah, I went for, like, the the more adult person. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that made more sense to me. Um, but I did, I did like Willow and Tara moving in. And yeah, whole... I have a few issues, but they haven't really, they're not now. <laughs> <laughs> I did like Buffy Bot making like a whole bunch of sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> She got her started and forgot to tell her to stop. Yep. <laughs> the Buffy bot. She's great. Yeah. But yeah, those false little things like, I don't, I don't want you to go. You're my sister. And she goes and hugs her. It's just like, oh, that's got to be so hard. Oh, I know. I know. I just. She does it. I think it shows like everyone's face in the kitchen. And they're all just, uh, you know, <laughs> ooh, that's awkward. <laughs> well, because she, the hug is so hard. She like almost knocks her over, you know. So it's like, you know, Buffy Bot is like, I'm supposed to hug my sister, but right. I don't really know how. So it's like, it's not natural. Yeah, you just get you get the vibe that it's, it's probably it's you know? yeah, and it's it's something for Don, but. It's almost a little worse. Right, kind of right. It's a, you but know. But she secretly likes it, too. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you know, discussing it a little bit, Don just, she needs a lot of credit for going through what she did. She really does. <laughs> <laughs> she really... Went through more than anyone else, for sure. Absolutely. And she's the youngest. She's she's young. Okay, she's 15 years old. She finds out not too long ago that, you know, until just a few months ago, she didn't even exist as a person. <laughs> right. You know, she's just like a ball of energy that some monks made into a person. You know. Mm-hmm. But yet yeah, she gets put into this... You know, family. Who she has all the memories from anyone else. Anyone else, you know, total memories from, like, a normal person yeah, of her exactly. whole life. And, and she finds out it's all false. Yeah. And and her mom and her sister have the same memories. You know, Buffy remembers, you know, Joyce and her dad bringing her home in that one episode. Right. Where, you know. Way to the world. Way to the world. So, I mean, it's real. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, it's real. So she's gotten over the fact that she's a ball of energy. And and then she loses her mom. She loses her sister. And now has a robot sister. <laughs> <laughs> that know? looks exactly like her, but isn't quite Which right. Is a little off. You know, she's she's Buffy enough, you know. To but, be painful. <laughs> I did. I did like the scene at the parent-teacher conference <laughs> when Buffy Bot is like, "I made her lunch," and then, like, 
Everyone clings onto it. Everyone clings onto <laughs> it. Like, school is for learning. It's like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Because <laughs> I could have gotten really uncomfortable. I was very uncomfortable when I saw the parent-teacher banner. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Well, they built it up, too. They're like, oh, today is the day. <laughs> They've all been so worried about it. <laughs> And I was very uneasy, but that was a cute scene, you know, where she's... She's okay, and she seemed really proud of herself. <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes you think that, like, the Buffy bot is kind of a... Oh, what's the word? The, uh... Like, she thinks on her own, kind of? <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, April seemed a little like that, too. She was the original girl robot, girlfriend. They're just, there's enough humanity there. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. Like there's... A little, you know, to the creepy factor. Just, you know, if you want to look at it that way. If they were um, evil, <laughs> like Ted, I guess there's enough humanity to make it kind of creepy. Right, right. Like, yeah, like, there is something about them that makes them think like a human, but yet they're still, they're still robot. I don't know. <laughs> yep. But, but yeah, yeah, just that, that part at the end when... When Buffy turns around and instead of being all happy to see Dawn and, you know, when she says, is this hell? I was like, whoa. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That really hit me. (laughs) Yep. All right. Afterlife. So this is one that's, this is 12. Yeah. Rank number 76 in the series. I think it's being robbed. <laughs> I don't think I could come. I'm not sure I could come up with 75 ones. I like better. I love this one. I love. I but you know I am a, you know me. I'm a staunch bike supporter, and this has some great moments. Yeah, yeah. I I really like this one. Um. My first note is Spike's face. (laughs) (laughs) And then I have, why does Spike just leave? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love how fast he leaves so fast when they get there. And he just goes, he goes and cries by the tree. It's so sad. I know. I know. Because then they have that scene and I wrote down, I was like, so is Spike scared that they're going to have to kill her? No, I I think he is just, I think he was so overcome just with emotion, overcome. but he was being strong because she was, she needed, I don't know, he just wasn't going to fall apart. And so the Scoobies came and he saw a way to just go have a moment by himself where he needed to just <laughs> be emotional for a minute. Okay. No, okay. and especially when Xander comes out and he like, 
they have the that exchange, I think there's no way at this point he would ever like let them do anything to her. No way. <laughs> you know, he said he's like Willow. Um, you know, you guys didn't tell me because Willow knew there'd be a chance she wouldn't come back right, and she knew that I wouldn't if there was even a tiny hint of what came back was any Buffy in there, I wouldn't let her kill her. So, you know, I don't think he could have thought that they would kill her because he'd be like, nope. (laughs) There was enough Buffy there. Okay, so again, why... Why was he so mad at them for not telling him that they were doing this? Um... Was it just that he thought he was part of the gang? And she yeah, I think a lot of it. Like I think a lot of it was betrayed. He, you know, he said, "I, how come you didn't tell me?" And he's upset with the spell. I think he knows that there's going to be consequences, like he said, you know. And okay. he was just very emotional about it when they, when he saw them. It seems to really be rooted in um, mostly, I think he's just overcome with emotion. And they didn't tell him. He didn't have any warning. He had to just come upon her. Right. And he felt bad for her. I mean, and in his eyes, they, like, brought her back and let her. Let her crawl out of her Crawl out of her coffin. Crawl, you know, claw her way out. There's a lot there that. You know, he knows she did that. Now he knows they brought her back. They didn't let him in on it. Um, and he's scared. I think he's scared of the dark magic Willow used. I think there's a lot of stuff going on there. Okay. And it just kind of explodes out on Xander. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. But yeah, I think the betrayal is probably a big one. Well, because yeah, cause when I watch it, I... I really thought what he was mad about is, you know, you've you've brought her back and she's going to be flawed and now we're going to have to kill her again. Mm. You know, like she's going to have to die again. So here she is and she's beautiful and I love her, but I'm, you know, it's 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 been like four months. I've gotten, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I I took it as. He was just upset that, in his mind, they're eventually going to have to kill this Buffy that they brought back. I I, I think it's reasonable that that might be a fraction of it. Okay. Um, and a little bit of betrayal, like, hey, I thought I was part of the gang. Why didn't you tell me that you were even doing this? Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest lines that always stick out to me is, I worked, you know, I worked beside you all summer. You know? Right, right. How could you do all this just right under my nose? That's horrible. That's a big deal. I think he feels like he is owed a little more than this. And, you know, he... He's right to to think that. He is. And, if you know, for a soulless monster, that guy with... Thinking, I mean, there. I don't think there was a fraction of him thinking Buffy's coming back. 
I don't think that ever crossed his mind. And so No, that's that's what yeah. Why exactly. is he why is he still around? Why is he protecting Dawn every day? And make you know, he is treating that very seriously. Because he loves the summer's women. He said that before. He he hates the thought of a summer's woman. Yeah, and he made a promise to Buffy and he's still keeping yeah. it even though he's never gonna see her again. Right. Right, he's yeah. That is not a soulless monster. Right. Because there was nothing that you know people try and argue that everything Spike does for Buffy is just to try and get in her pants or something. And you you can't make that argument right here. No. No, not at all, because he was, he was obviously surprised to see her come walking down the stairs, and then got mad at Xander, yeah, and the whole time he was still protecting Dawn. Mm-hmm. He was still keeping that promise, and he felt so bad, you know, in that one scene in this, you know, he kept telling her, I, I relive it every day, you know, every day. Oh, the spikes every night I save you speech. Yes, yes, every night I save you. Uh, I do remember what I said. The promise. To protect her. If I'd have done that, even if I didn't make it, you wouldn't have had to jump. I want you to know I did save you. Not when it counted, of course, but after that. Every night after that. I'd see it all again. I'd do something different. Faster, more clever, you know. Dozens of times, lots of different ways. Every night I save you. Oh, that is just he just just going good over stuff. it over and like you would, you know. Oh yeah, it's it's like, just I'm so sure sweet. that is something that people do, you know, like. If I would have done this differently, man. If I would have just done this, you know. You just yeah, you think of those parents. Yeah, I don't, I don't even want to say it. You know. Right. Yeah. No, I know. I know where you're going. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> I would have just done this, you know, differently, or woken up five minutes later, five minutes earlier, you know, type thing. Yeah, and just all night he dreams about saving her. And... Yeah. The next thing I have written down is Buffy is the one that's going to suffer the consequences. Because isn't, didn't Spike tell Xander at this point, you know, there's going to be consequences, or... Mm-hmm. In my mind, I'm like, Buffy's the one that's going to be... I don't think the Scooby Gang's gonna suffer the consequences. I think Buffy's gonna be. And then I have, whoa, scary Buffy! What just happened? <laughs> <laughs> I remember being really scared and startled when the pictures turned into like skulls. Yes. That was scary, very unexpected. And then, yeah, that was really freaky. Yep. She just—it's—it's it's always scary when someone like flies off the handle and you're not expecting it. <laughs> Especially for, like, a laid-back pacifist like me <laughs> that doesn't like a lot of confrontation. Yep. 
just that explosion of like, rah, <laughs> scary. Yeah, yeah, when she was looking at the pictures in her bedroom, and they all turned into, like, skulls and stuff, that was scary, and then just coming into Tara and Willow's room was scary. Um, my next note is, what the hell? <laughs> oh, what's that for? I don't know. <laughs> my next note is the Anya quote no you're fine <laughs> I don't know what that's from either <laughs> I love <laughs> and then my next note is this is kind of a scary one <laughs> I love it in the dawn scene with <laughs> Anya's like, oh my gosh, did I look like that? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm sure you look positively glamorous. <laughs> she's like horrified about what it actually looks like. And she's thinking about herself, I thought that was funny. Yep, then I have Buffy is lying. Wow, Willow's shirt is just wow. <laughs> <laughs> So I think this is when she comes to the magic box and yeah, kind of she, thanks yeah. them all for say, you know bringing her back. She's figured out that that's what they're looking for, and she's decided that she does not want them to have to carry the burden that she was in heaven. They can't ever know, and so she's like, "Well, I'll just lie. I'll tell them that I was in hell and they saved me." And <laughs> what do you make of that? Um. And do you think it's going to stay with Buffy and Spike? I hope not. I I can see her motivation by trying to make them all feel like they did a good thing. Um, but I really do hope it comes out that she was in a good place. And, yeah, now mm. and that they did a bad thing. That they should have just they should have just left well enough alone. You know. Yeah. You know I I enjoyed the Twilight books. I really did, but Bella pissed me off to <laughs> no end. And it's this kind of stuff. Willow was such the martyr. Or not Willow, sorry. Bella was such the martyr, like she would, she would carry burden so yes. other people wouldn't know, and it made me so mad. <laughs> Buffy didn't infuriate me like Bella would, but it's kind of the same vibe. It's like I don't, it's not, it's not even really close <laughs> to what Bella kept doing. Right. <laughs> Make me so mad, but it's kind of in the same wheelhouse, we'll say. But it 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 actually was kind of heroic to me, but yeah. I think I just don't think she wanted to deal with it and she doesn't want them to know, so she's like, well. And it just it had a different vibe to it than the Bella stuff. It was just kind of like, well, I'm kind of pissed at you all. I'm just going to give you what you want and then go away. <laughs> I don't want to do the big group hug. I just want to go out and be alone. Right, right. And what did you make of I Can Be Alone With You? 
did you take that as a good thing or a bad thing? Um, I took it as a good thing. I I I like where Buffy and Spike are right now because I I think um he is for one thing, he wasn't part of bringing her back. So he's like the only one that she can be honest with. Mm-hmm. And say, you know, I was in a good spot, you know. Yeah, from and... what I've heard, people take that as, you know, pretty insulting to him. But I don't see it that way. I think there are people you can be alone with because they're inobtrusive and they kind of understand you and the vibe is okay, silence around them. Some people are not like that. Oh, because I'm totally like that. And like Buffy said, I can be alone with you. <laughs> I can just be in company and not feel burdened and feel like you have to put on a show or, you know, do a bunch of stuff. And that's how I took it, maybe because of the way I am. But I... some people take it as like, oh, that's pretty rude. She, like, doesn't even, he's doesn't matter so much that she can just ignore him. I don't think that's what it was. No, that's not what it is at all. It's it's that he gets her more than I mean. He he does say thanks ever so. (laughs) He does. I think that's just Spike being Spike. Absolutely. You know, I think Spike just has to have a little quip. Um, (laughs) I I think she said that because she she gets him and she knows that he now out of all of them has some sort of understanding of where she's at over well, all of them. If you look at they're the all episode. like they're all like, yay, we brought Buffy back. And, you know, it, it really bugged me how they were all kind of like when she was, when they first realized that she was back and they were like, what's her problem? You know, I mean, a couple of them were like, let's just give her some time. But, you know, Willow had that big talk with Tara in the room. With Tara yeah. in the in the bed, saying like, you know, Tara's like, you just wanted like a thank you, you wanted some gratitude, and Willow's like, is, am I bad for saying yes? And I was yeah. just like, that's you, Willow. <laughs> I know, you know we do. <laughs> you've got no idea what you've, you know what she's going through. I mean, you really expect her to come back from the dead and be just Buffy again? You know. Right, yeah. That pissed me off. And kind of stuff I was saying before. They just, they were so Scooby gangish. Right. And, you know, you look at the whole episode. Dawn was, Dawn was pretty good with her. Um, but she, she required a lot out of Buffy. But, you know, we can't blame her for that. But Spike was quiet, mm-hmm. respectful, asked the right questions. And she opened up to him. And then the Scooby gang comes in and is all, she needs to eat pizza. Let's get some pizza. You know. Yeah. I mean. it. There's a, such a different vibe with him. He got it. He, you know. she And she opened up to him. And interestingly, Don was trying to get her to button her shirt and she, like, couldn't care less. And then when she saw Spike, did you notice she starts buttoning her shirt? I did. That's kind of strange. Um, I just kind of took it as she remembered that he had a thing for her. (laughs) I 
I would have taken it as she she would have done that even if it was Willow walking in just uh-huh. like oh yeah you know shirts need to be buttoned. No, I felt it had something to do with Spike. No, I didn't. I didn't take that at all. Cause I don't know. There's nothing I know that would back that up that you don't know. I just did take it that way. I mean, to me, like where Buffy's mind is right now, I I would say that she probably doesn't remember at this point that Spike had a thing for her. I think she feels a connection with him, but I don't think she remembers like his like obsession with her. I think she does. I just I just took it as she seems cognitive enough by the time just, they start talking. You just button up your shirt. Mm. You know, I don't know. Maybe so. No matter who it is. <laughs> 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 That's just me. Um But yeah, no, I um I like I like I like this Spike and Buffy where they're at right now. I, I like this connection. I like that it's it seems to be a deeper connection. Yeah. Like she's almost got more of a connection with him now than she does with the Scooby gang right now. Yeah. You know, I like I that. That's fair to say. <laughs> yeah, my last note is, oh, dang, she was in a good place. You know, they were wrong. Yeah, and, you know, I thought it was funny how B's like, well, Joss is an atheist, so... What are they going to do? I thought I thought it was pretty amazing that they actually used the word heaven. Although she did kind of say, or whatever, you know. It was basically like a paradise kind of dimension, I think. You know, for the show's sake. Right. Which, you know, a show shouldn't make any kind of claim one way or the other. No, know? but you can't have hellish dimensions. You know, they call them hell dimensions, so you got to have a heaven dimension to counteract that, right? Sure. Yeah, it's. I thought they. I thought they played it really well. What well, they, did they did was too. perfect. I I liked that. You know, she basically described the opposite place that the Scooby Gang thought she was in. Right, and you it know, didn't she, seem like she time didn't, mattered she too didn't much. She didn't mention like I was with my mom. No. You know, she was just like I. She didn't I, know what was going on, but yeah, she didn't care. But she felt good. It was warm. I I got the feeling that time wasn't a real uh, factor, you know? But she did, she said, she mentioned that she had knowledge that her friends were okay and that everything was okay back home. Right. And everything was. Yeah. Um, And she had, you know, she'd done her duty and she had deserved. She deserved where she was at. Yeah. And she could have been there for however long, eternity or whatever, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I was like, dang it, she was in a good place. Because <laughs> <laughs> earlier I was kind of on Willow's side. I was like, where is she? You know, <laughs> Save her! <laughs> they're all so sure she's in some hell, you know. Mhm. So hearing that, I was like, "Oh, dang it!" Yeah, it's sad. It is. It's it's really sad. But yeah, I really I really did like Afterlife quite a bit. 
out of the three. I, I'll, I'll do my rankings out of the three. Okay. I've got Bargaining Part 2 is my worst, Bargaining Part 1 is second, and Afterlife is my number one out of the three. Yeah, number one for me, too, for sure. Yeah. Do you want me to go over my likes? Yeah. Okay, so my likes. We're going a little old school, guys. We're going old school. We've only got two seasons left. I, I decided we're going back. So my likes are uh, Willow talking to them telepathically. <laughs> uh, Buffy bot. <laughs> um, Spike having Willow take all the Buffy like Spike stuff from Buffy bot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is probably going to surprise some people. Um, Anya. Well, I wrote, I can't believe it, but I think Anya is becoming becoming one of my favorite characters. Yay! I, I kind of <laughs> like her more than Willow right now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I really thought Anya just was great. We didn't even go over that, but just all the Giles not leaving and how upset <laughs> Anya was about that, you know. Yes. He can say he's going to leave, but he doesn't leave, you know. <laughs> I just, I had a feeling you'd warm up to her. I love her little lines, and I don't know. I I I like her. Yay. And watching these three, I like her more than Willow at this point. <laughs> um, and I like that they have Buffy was in a good place, and it was happy when the Scoobies brought her back. More interesting than a hell dimension. It makes it way more interesting than a hell dimension. And it makes me wonder, you know, where is this going to go? And how is her relationship with the Scoobies going to go over the next, you know, the rest of the season and season seven? And I kind of hope that the Scoobies find out, especially Willow, that she was in a good place and that. Maybe Willow learns a lesson not to mess with this kind of stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And I really do hope, I, I talked about it a little bit when we went over the, you know, season five overview with, with B. I hope she really accomplishes something big. Like, I don't want her to come back and just be a slayer like she was. Mm-hmm. I want her to do something. I want her to... I want her to close the helm. I want her to put a stop to all this so that there doesn't need to be another Slayer after her or something, you know? I want it to really mean something. And then... Eradicate demons off the face of the earth? Yeah, yeah. What would like, Angel see you know? 4 and 5 do? <laughs> Why not think of Angel? <laughs> I'm think in world. Buffy world right now. <laughs> Shoot. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. Okay, so maybe she doesn't close the hell mouth. I, I just hope that there's something... I hope there's a reason and that she does something and that it makes... It makes coming back worthwhile to her. Hmm. Do you have any any sort of inkling or ideas on what the big bad could possibly be this season? Have you even thought about it? I haven't even thought about it. No. I forgot that 
there's going to be a big bad. Um, no, I haven't even thought about it. Just curious. <laughs> yeah, but I, I guess so. there has to be. But it's only, I've only seen three episodes, so I'm used to that in Buffy, that sometimes you don't even get to know the big bad till like episode six or seven or something. Very true. So, yeah, hasn't even crossed my mind. She just came back to life, Em. <laughs> just still reeling. That, okay? <laughs> I'm just asking. I haven't seen Beyond these. <laughs> I gotta Maybe. ask, because this is fun stuff for us. <laughs> Maybe the big bad is just like being back and life and the house and <laughs> not having a job. Uh, maybe. I don't know. So those are my likes. My dislikes are Giles leaving and the way they had him leave. I wrote more down, but we already talked about, like, they could have, they could have had a better reason. (laughs) Um, Willow being so sure the spell was going to go 100% right bothered me. Um, and, and just the fact that, so she kept saying that everything was going to go right, but. But it seems like they timed it just when Giles leaves, and that just makes me think in, in ah. his mind, you know. Oh, yeah. It's like, you purposely waited for Giles to leave before you did this because you had to have known something could have gone wrong. She right? purposefully waited for Giles to leave in the episode Triangle before she did those spells in the magic shop. Exactly. And that just bothers me that she's so... I don't want to say reckless, but... I think reckless is a fine word, but there's more to it. Yeah, it just it just bugs me that she was so 100%. She said it several times. Nothing can go wrong. It's going to go right. You know, we've got this, you mm-hmm. know, urn of Osiris and blah, blah, blah. And, and then Giles leave, and they're like, hey, we're going to do it tonight. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, if you really thought it was going to go 100% right... You could have done it when Giles was in town. Um, Yeppers. Um, oh, I think, I think she for sure was waiting. She totally was. I, I mean, it did work out that the vase, they got the vase that day and everything. But yeah. I think she would have waited anyway if he was going to leave. Or they just would have done it sneakily. He wasn't going to know till yeah. it was done. Absolutely, 100%. She the will... fact that they were hiding it, that she was hiding it from him at all, because right. he probably, if he would have been in on it, he probably could have found the urn faster than any of them. Right. You know, he could have been in on it, you know. No, she didn't want him in on it. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just don't like the way that she, like, poo-pooed everybody that was like, are you sure? And she's like, this will be fine. She doesn't have the best history. Nope. um, I didn't like seeing Buffy buried alive and clawing her way out. Um, I thought the scenes in the forest went on a little bit too long. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) I got a little bit tired of the forest. Um, And I I just didn't like the 
Demon Biker Gang. <laughs> <laughs> so those are my likes and dislikes. I was able to write a couple down. Because Sue didn't inform me we were going back old school. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought about maybe 20 minutes before we recorded. <laughs> so my likes were every single spike seed. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> and the Buffy bot. Nice. My dislikes are the rapey biker gang. <laughs> to borrow a phrase from Elizabeth. <laughs> That's it. Nice. Well, I'd have to say, all in all, I'm giving it a very solid uh, opening to a new season. Yep. I enjoy it. Yep. Well, we'll see how you feel about the next three. Yeah, what's my next assignment? You have Flooded Life Serial. Ha ha ha. Serial spelled S-E-R-I-A-L. And an episode called All the Way. Hmm. What you got for us? <laughs> top of your head. <laughs> I wow. love top of my head. Top of Sue's head, more like. Okay, flooded. Flooded, flooded, flooded. Okay, so... I'm not going literal. Okay. Uh, flooded memories, flooded brain, I don't know, Buffy, Buffy gets flooded with memories, or flooded with... Flooded with, like, earthly memories, or paradise memories? That's what I'm, like, kind of going between, like... I'm going to go with, like, a mixture of both. Like, she's she's still trying to figure out how to exist now. Now that she knows that she was dead for a few months. I think she's just going to go maybe a little bit crazy. Like, flooded with memories of, of being dead, I'm going to put. Okay. Okay, life... Serial, S-E-R-I-A-L. Um, I'm going to call this a Monster of the Week. And it's a serial killer. <laughs> 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 and all the way. Um... I'm going to put this as Buffy has accepted that she's now alive and she's, this is the episode where she, to me, she's got to let the Scoobies know that they did a bad thing, bringing her back. I think this is the one. So she's going to go all the way and tell them, hey, you know, I was good. I was chill. I was I was happy. <laughs> I was warm. You know, so she's going all the way. You guys suck. <laughs> yep. And, yeah. Thank you, Willow. 
Yeah, exactly. You're amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, she's going all the way and being honest, finally, with them about what, you know, yeah, with what they did. That, that was, right. yeah, very good predictions. Selfish on their end, but kind of not selfish. I don't know. That's a tough one. I can't believe this show is, like, making me think all these things. <laughs> I know. I tried to tell <laughs> you. you. Know? <laughs> Who would have thought that Buffy the Vampire Slayer? <laughs> all the Buffy people, they all are just, this is what we deal with. <laughs> People don't understand how, like, how amazingly, how good it is. It's how it makes you think, <laughs> you know. Yeah. What would you do in this situation, you know? I mean, geez. I never, ever would have thought the show would make me think as much as I have. Everyone thinks <laughs> it's like how the first season is. And they just don't think it could possibly. Like our sister Catherine, she's just like no way. She I know, but you know, will what? not, cannot. What? I think she'd like it. I do too. Yeah, it's it's really frustrating to be a Buffy fan and to try and get people to watch it. <laughs> it really is. And no, they I have mean, to invest quite a bit of time for it to like go. Oh yeah, I think I will like this show, and then a lot more time to be like, wow, I am in. Well, anyone who has listened to us from the beginning, I mean, the only reason I started watching this show was for content for our podcast. Yep. <laughs> you know, it was just like, all right, Carrie wants us to watch it. All right. This will be fun. We got to do something. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I might as well. You're like, I can't even fathom talking about. I know. <laughs> you know, what did you say? I would I love to pull what you said. said that we could go over five episodes. And it'll be like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> could possibly spend more than 10 minutes talking about an episode. <laughs> <laughs> There's college classes on Buffy. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's crazy. And we're not done by a long shot, too. Wow. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> we're just getting into the good stuff, I think. No, that's awesome, because, yeah, I... Seriously, I can't believe how much this show has made me think, you know? Well... You are gratifying a lot of people right now. Oh, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. Especially ones that have been watching the, or listening to the potential cast, because it's not quite as gratifying. <laughs> they don't like it as much? No. Well, they're watching it one at a time. They are. <laughs> Bob, Bob would have been happy. Too bad. Oh. <laughs> He loved to pull people into Buffy. Well, I would say that at 
this point, I am, I'm really glad I got pulled into it, because I'm, like, so invested now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good show. It really is. It really is. I mean, I know I've made fun of it here and there and had my little hang-ups, but now I'm just like, I'm in. Yep. Good. I'm glad I... I'm glad to see you get to that point. Yep. And I'm glad. I'm I'm actually glad that you made me watch this show. Hooray! You know, <laughs> like... I don't know. Like, I'm... I get it. <laughs> well, you should talk to our sister. <laughs> <laughs> I think she'd really like Spike. <laughs> I think she would. And I... I think if I... Catherine would listen to me. Yeah, she probably would. Yep. So, cool. Cool. All right. Well, if you want to send feedback, we should probably do the uh, Sue Watches Buffy at gmail.com. Rightio. You can send it to Sue Watches Buffy at Gmail, and you can join our Facebook page. We have two, one where you can interact with Sue. That'd be on Yes Mother. You do have to live through a few Bates Motel pod, or Bates Motel posts. Fewer than usual, though. Yeah. <laughs> the for, Bates Motel posts. For the next, like, 40 down. weeks, there won't be much bait stuff. <laughs> right. A few things now and then. <laughs> but if you want to talk to Sue on Facebook about Buffy, you'd have to join that one. If you want to talk about Buffy behind Sue's back and Sue about Buffy behind Sue's back. You have to join Sue Watches Buffy because that's the No Susan's Club. You talk about me behind my back? What? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Not personally, just... <laughs> okay, okay. What do you think, Sue? You know, and ha-ha. <laughs> that's it. That prediction of Sue's is funny. <laughs> or like... Wow, she nailed that one. <laughs> I can't wait to join that Facebook when we're done. <laughs> I'll spend like three days going through everything. It's not super active, especially since Baseball Tell started. It's like it's like a ghost town almost. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, see you later. Okay. All right. See ya. Bye. Bye.
Gotcha. Okay. Why did you put it in a bag? So it was kind of the only thing that I Okay. Why don't you just take it outside now since he's in a bag? Just on the grass, yeah. Sorry, beetle. I was going to say, did she have some sort of bug? Yes. <laughs> Scout just came in and she's like, I just smashed him with a rock. She went to the trouble to capture him in a bag. <laughs> and then she took him outside and smashed him. <laughs> oh, Scout. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite little nine-year-old in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, she she just cracks me up. <laughs> She's unique. Right. I don't know. The guy I talked to on the phone seemed pretty. Oh yeah, I'll watch for it. Just my facts, you know. Hmm. I guess I could have done a follow-up call. Did you get it? But I didn't want to bug him. He he works the front desk at a hotel. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah I didn't want to bug him but no I'm glad it all worked out he and his buddy didn't have to like share a bed did they no okay he would have said something that was that was like the <laughs> one thing I was worried about <laughs> was... I have to think for a minute I knew... <laughs> no he didn't say anything about that so probably I not knew... <laughs> the reservation I made that it said that there would be two beds, but you know, when it comes to like the employee rate and stuff, you if someone know. that checks in before like has a hissy fit about their room, you know, they're gonna right. switch it up and give the employee rate like the last room. <laughs> you know, no, like, please yeah. just don't be one king bed, please. <laughs> <laughs> the honeymoon suite. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Got heart shaped bed. <laughs> I think Rob wouldn't have cared. It'd just been like no ants. <laughs> exactly. Six hundred thread thread count sheets and no ants. <laughs> no, I would say that was one thing I was worried about was the bed situation. That's funny. Because, yeah, they will, they will switch out the employee room if someone before bitches. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so I just IMDb Jane Fonda. <laughs> what did you miss? <laughs> the, last, the last thing I've ever seen her in was Agnes of God in 1985. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> before that. Uh, that on Pond, when was that? Before that, on Golden Pond in 1981. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to say, before that, 9 to 5. And I was like, wait a second. Is she in 9 to 5? She is. Yeah. Yeah. When was that? Uh, 1980. Huh. Yeah, she's Chewy. Yeah. But you I only saw Supernatural once. What? That's another thing I did on Sunday was I got caught up where Hooplecast is on Deadwood. Oh, I need to catch up on. I think I'm. I'm at least I'm one behind. I think. Because I wanted to send in feedback because I love Deadwood, and I was like, I can't send feedback until I'm caught up. Right. And I finally got caught up. So. It's possible I'm too behind. So, yeah. I don't know. I watched yeah. a few Deadwoods, and man, that's a good show. 
<laughs> it is good. <laughs> Even my second viewing, it's like, oh, I just love Westerns so much. And I just love the show because it's like every, every episode is like a, like its own little movie kind of to me. I don't know. I just love it. Yeah, it's really good. And I, uh, the, those two episodes I need to watch was heavy on my mind. I'm like, I really should watch. And I'm like, I can't, I can't watch Deadwood. It's too much. Yeah. Not with a fever brain. No. (laughs) (laughs) Scout. (laughs) So she, she did the 400 meter and won it. And then she did, she wanted to do the half mile. I didn't let her do the full mile because she's like, she's still coughing and really sniffly. And I'm like, that's probably not going to be good for you right now. Right. So she wanted to do the half mile and she did it. She did okay. She certainly didn't come in last, but she wasn't first either. But <laughs> she like finishes it and she's like, oh, that. My lungs hurt, you know, that was like really, that was hard with my cold. She's like, but I did pass two like 11 year old boys and I was like, what are you guys crying about? (laughs) This little nine year old girl with a cold. (laughs) Nice. And she was like, she was like, they weren't really crying and I didn't really say that. going on in her head though <laughs> I love that so much <laughs> what do you do crying about <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh she's so funny that's hilarious I'm so proud of her though I love my little my little yin and yang kids yep I was like <laughs> I got one kid that can't walk the other one's track star one that can't talk one that never stops (laughs) they just cancel each other out together they make a nice mellow booker (laughs) (laughs) they're the best they're my little yin and yang